0: hey everyone welcome to game face episode 318 on sifted games at sifted.net i'm shane satterfield and i'm still alive i'm still here people also alongside me today is matt, matt kyle what's up matt still alive still alive as well rumor has it rumor has it we are not ghosts in fact um I do have some pre- I have we're some pretty pale but we're yeah. not ghosts. <laughs> We may look like ghosts but we're actually not. <laughs> I do have some great news and some not great news. Um the great news is is that I am cancer free. The test came back negative. Um from my colonoscopy, I do not have cancer. I do not have to go through cancer treatment. Um, I can't even tell you how elated I am to get this news. Thanks to everybody who sent well wishes for the last week while I was waiting for these results to come back. I just got them. I don't know why it took so long for those to come back. But uh, that was all great news. There is a little bit of bad news. The bad news is I still do need a surgery um, to have what they found removed, um, which sucks. But it's a lot better than the alternative because I would have needed cancer treatment plus a surgery um, if it had come back bad. So again, thanks to everybody who sent well wishes over this last week and uh, sent me all their positive vibes. It worked, people. Um, My tests were all negative. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I I was really worried, Matt, that I was gonna get really bad news and then go on vacation. And it was just gonna ruin my first vacation in like 10 years. So uh, just a massive relief. I can't even tell you the weight that was lifted off my shoulders through this. Um, So again, thank you guys for all the well wishes, all the positive vibes. I think it makes a difference I believe it makes a difference Uh, staying positive I believe does always make a difference so very good news I'm very excited about that Uh, we do have some more housekeeping before we get going Um, so as I just mentioned my vacation is coming up I have been mentioning it now for months (laughs) Um, but I just want to make sure you guys are aware um, I leave this weekend for our vacation in Greece and then we do not get back until the 26th so Today's episode of Game Face is going to be the last one for a while. Um, Matt and I were talking before the show. I get back on the 26th, which is like a Wednesday or a Thursday? Wednesday, I think. It's a Wednesday. We're t- thinking about trying to squeeze a show in for Friday or Saturday um, following. A lot of it's going to depend on how much game playing I can get in before then. Because the other thing, too, Matt, is like there's like five big games that are coming out in the next two weeks. The timing of this is not great, I'll admit. Um, which ones? Like the whole end of October, all the games that come out at the end, Bayonetta three, all this stuff. There's tons of them. Um, so anyway, there's gonna, it probably won't be here for the next. We won't. I know I won't be here for the next two Tuesdays at Twitch.tv/siftedgames. Um, and then just stay tuned. As I've said many times, make sure you follow Sifted on Twitter. That's where you'll get all the information on when the next episode of Game Face is going to go live. Again, that's at Sifted Games on Twitter. Um, And as soon as I get back, I may even be tweeting a little bit from Greece. We'll see. Um, But that will probably be on my personal account at Dinfire. Uh, But I'll be in touch. And I'll definitely be keeping an eye on what gaming is like in Greece. Um, I think when we get back and we do Game Face, we'll probably have a segment about what it was like going to Greece and seeing what gaming is like there. And if it is a part of the culture like it is here in the United States. But I'm really excited. I hope you guys can understand. I have not taken a vacation in 10 years. So I hope you guys can really understand. It really... This is really the crappy part about running a Patreon is that, like, a lot of people will never hear this. And they'll just go and look at our Patreon and be like, oh, my gosh, they haven't du- put a- published any content for 10 days. Leave, leave, leave. It's... <laughs> you're I don't really, know what to do. You're Matt, really, what am
1: I supposed to do? You're really only missing two things. Yeah? You're okay. is the 28th. Yeah. And Call of Duty. So you're missing Mario Rabbids and a little Plague Tale, like, I mean, and Gotham Knights. I forgot about Gotham Knights because, oh boy, I'm not looking forward to that one. Yeah, But um, they, I saw a video of, uh, it was like Nightwing's smooth uh, transition, or smooth tra- traversal, mm-hmm. and it's the jerkiest thing I've ever seen.
0: It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, and it's not too bad. Not too bad.
0: So anyway, I'll, I'll just say this. Well, you probably get early copies. Of I things. have been producing episodes of Pactor Factor, like a maniac, for the last week. Um, I have also put out a call for questions for Ask Shane Anything. Later in this week, I want to produce a couple of episodes of that that will schedule out. So there's going to be content running through our Patreon, through the website at sifted.net. I've been busting my ass for two weeks to make sure that happens. We're just not going to have Game Face. And I may even slide in a grind maybe We'll see how that goes. I do have to prepare to actually go on vacation this yeah. weekend. I well, need to, like, pack and get all this stuff done. So You are
1: going to miss the most hotly anticipated game of the year, Ace Angler Fishing Spirits. <laughs> yep. Tough one, people. A sacrifice gonna... has got
0: to be made. To how will you know if you should bite it or not if we're not here to tell you? <laughs> uh, so, anyway, the point I was getting at is go ask questions for Ask Chain Anything right now. Um, there, it's up on the site, it's up on our Patreon. Ask me anything. It doesn't have to be about games, it can be about anything. Uh, so, go ask me a question so I have enough questions to actually produce episodes for while I'm gone so you folks have something to watch while we're gone. Um, what else? Uh, Matt, PS5 shipments up 400% in September. Mm-hmm. It feels like the bow's about to break, finally, for PlayStation VR, do you think? Or just in time for PlayStation VR, maybe. and just in time for PS5 for the holidays. Yeah,
1: I mean, we'll see if it lasts.
0: Yeah. And, do, you su- do you suspect that maybe they just got a bunch of components and built a bunch, and then...
1: Well, most of the, the shipping and stuff, like, all that stuff has sort of ironed itself out in the last few months like like i said like everything i've been waiting for kickstarter wise or like import wise has suddenly all happened at it's all once. shipping like now it's all yeah. moving you know quarantines are over in china and the factory stuff has been figured out and the component stuff has been figured out and nobody's you know crypto people aren't sitting on all the graphics cards anymore and like yeah it's uh, it's all kind of flowing again
0: yeah i'm actually Trying to buy a graphics card,
1: finally. Yeah, I think my, one of my hard drives died on my gaming PC. Not, not one that had anything important on it. I mm-hmm. set backed up, but I was like, eh. And I opened it for the first time in a long time to try to, like, figure out what was wrong and, like... I realized I'd have to remove the Titan Xs to even see where the hardware oh, right. is plug into the motherboard. I'm just like, you know, maybe it is time to build a new <laughs> one rather than yeah. go through all... Because to do that, I'd have to take the whole thing apart and put it back together. And it's like, well, maybe I just put one back together and call the new system. Yeah. You can get graphics cards for MSRP now. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm. it looks like there's I'm going to buy... Of, there's
1: a bunch on sale today because of Prime Day, too. Yeah. Not just on Amazon. Like, go to, Everywhere. Go to other places because yeah. they to keep
0: up. It looks like I'm going to buy a 3060 Ti. After shopping and like figuring out what my budget is, which is small, admittedly, but you can get a thirty-sixty Ti for like three seventy-nine now. Mm-hmm. Um, the so, time when you had to pay over a thousand for that. Yep. So I'm talking a little bit of money away every month if I can to try to save up to get a new card because not only will that card help me with gaming on my PC, it also helps with streams and all this other stuff. Um, so it's time. I've <laughs> I've had that. 1080 in that machine for like mm-hmm. seven or eight years now. Yeah, those two Titan
1: X is still still hold up for the most part, but it's it's all the hardware stuff they can't do. It's the mm-hmm. ray tracing and all that. Yep. Yeah, that's the stuff it it doesn't keep up with it. Yeah.
0: So I think after doing a ton of research and knowing what I can spend, I think the 3060 Ti is what I'm going to go for. Yeah.
1: Also, I want a motherboard that doesn't have a hundred megabyte per second. Yeah, limit that's a internet. problem. Like I didn't yeah. realize because my I have higher Ethernet than that uh-huh. in the house. Yeah, and like. I'm like, why doesn't it get over 100? It says, and like the the tech the 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 low voltage tech guys were trying to figure it out when I first moved in. Uh-huh. And finally, I'm like, is the motherboard only 100? I'm like, that's what what it was. The motherboard yeah. was limiting it.
0: I'm even wondering, like, my I bought my motherboard when I built my PC when I launched Sifted. I just built a brand new PC from scratch. Like, I'm even wondering if that motherboard at this point now is, I need a new one. Oh, you definitely want a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going to
1: want another, a, a better processor to, handle, to, you know, to pair properly
0: with that new card. Yeah. And for that, you're probably going to need a new motherboard. I think I'm just going to ask for a new processor for Christmas from the mm-hmm. family. Hopefully they can all pitch in and I can get one. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't afford to build a whole PC again, so I just got to piece it out best I can. So anyway, good news that this stuff is finally showing back up and you can actually buy it for what NVIDIA and the other manufacturers want to actually charge for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty exciting. To poke around and kind of see the prices have come way, way down. It's awesome to see. Uh, let's
1: Probably going to be a while until we walk into a store and see PS5s available on the shelf. But yeah,
0: it may not be that long, though.
1: We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I bet you'll be able to find PSVR 2s on the shelf. That,
0: I think, will not be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> We'll see how it goes. Um, Jeff 99 asks, which GPU brand would you go with when EVGA isn't making them? I don't know.
1: I don't yeah. know either. That's a, that's a research question.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have been doing a lot of research, but, like, if you research it, most people say that, like, it doesn't really matter what manufacturer you buy it from anymore. Like, I, I looked mm-hmm. around, and there was no brand where people raised a red flag and mm-hmm. said, oh, we're having problems with these cards. So I mean, I would
1: I- probably stick just, you know, I stick with NVIDIA. Um, I tend to prefer their stuff over the year. I, I had one rig that was that was AMD, and it just constantly had problems.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I probably stick with the Nvidia as far as like which you know manufacturer from it. I don't know. I'd have to poke around now that EVGA is out of the mix. For uh, at the time, I, I you know last time it was hard to find one that wasn't. Yeah. So I don't know.
0: Yep. Um, and then it's like, and then some brands like the overclock like the T, the 3060 Ti. There's like. Every manufacturer has, like, their own little spin on Mm -hmm. it. Some will overclock it. Some won't. It's like, you you do have to do a ton of research uh, before you go out there and spend your money on this. Um, Let's see what else you guys are saying. Bring you guys up on the screen. Um, Update the Patreon with a holiday post. Simple. I don't know what that means, a holiday post. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Have a fantastic vacation. Thanks, guys. The holiday post on a
1: Patreon is where you put up a thing that says, like, this this Patreon I'm on vacation is, is, is or whatever. Like, is taking a break and we'll be back soon. Kind it's like, Etsy oh, does, I'll, I'll like, do that for sure. Like Etsy does that too. Yep.
0: Everybody very excited about my diagnosis. Thank you guys. Yeah, man, it is great news. Like everything else doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's easy to get pissed off about stuff. But when you think you may have cancer, suddenly a lot of stuff doesn't matter anymore. Yep. It doesn't really get you bent out of shape. AJ, the legend Watson. Thank you for Twitch prime. Actually, let me go back and get all these people. Johnny hurricane. Thank you for Twitch prime. Um, Justin Horman, thank you for subscribing at tier two. We got anything else? Sound Wizard, thank you for Twitch Prime. Dark Force256, thank you for subscribing at tier one. And I think that's it for today so far. We're in the middle of the month now, so a lot of you guys have already re upped. sir um, thank you for Twitch Prime. Rosenkrantz, thank you for tier one. And I think that might actually be it. Um, if your aim is for a 3060, are you interested in Intel's new card? I've been looking at Intel's new graphics card, actually. Um, it's enticing. Basically, Intel's new graphics card, its top of the line is roughly the 3060. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a little bit cheaper, I believe. But I don't really trust Intel yet. I hate to say it. Like, it's their first card, really. So, I'm a little nervous. Um... Let
1: them... Let let them make a few
0: yeah i think i'm gonna wait for reviews for sure a texture glitch thank you for twitch prime appreciate it brother um yeah i think a lot of people are getting in late just to re reiterate what i said when the show started i do not have cancer the tests were negative however i do need a surgery um and i have a consultation for that on october 31st which is like right after i get back Um, and then they'll set the date for the surgery and all that stuff, so we'll know more. The next time I see you, we should know more. Um, But I can go on my vacation and not worry about this stuff, which is amazing. I'm really glad I got the news. Um, Yeah. Um, Vincent says, reviews are out. In general, it's better for top-of-the-line stuff, but it's worse on older stuff. Interesting. Okay. It is crazy to see Intel getting into the GPU market. It makes you wonder why they waited so long. I don't know,
1: but like yeah I, I think that's an older stuff thing is is a good point where it's like yeah there's there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of history and 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 you know old stuff there mm-hmm. like you know with, with nvidia and amd at least you know that stuff worked with those old yeah. things at one time that's
0: true yeah that's you a know, good there's point a, actually. there's a legacy there yeah that's important for sure because a lot of times, they went through iterations of mm-hmm. firmware updates for specific games. Yep. To make them work for a certain feature yep. in a game that wouldn't work with that card. And Intel's not
1: able to go back and re-optimize everything for every game that ever came yeah. out. It's like,
0: so, it's, uh, I, I'm glad that they're getting good reviews, but it's a pass for me for now. Maybe yeah. when I go to buy my next card, I'll be more open to Intel as a manufacturer. But mm-hmm. for now... i will be more I'm open to check. Intel inside. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. What else is there before we get going? Also, I remember all those integrated gpus on those old ibm right mm-hmm. yep <laughs> that's
1: true they didn't make those but it's still
0: yeah there is a some kind of a guilt by association thing going on yeah. there um so yeah which is probably wrong but we're humans and sometimes we do stuff like that sometimes we're irrational a steady decline thank you for twitch prime man that is awesome uh before we get going if you want to help us we are supported 100 at patreon.com sifted that's s-i-f-t-d without the e Um, If you want to help us out, that would be awesome. You can go and pledge whatever you want. We appreciate every dollar. That would be great. You can also help us with Twitch Prime, like a lot of people have been doing at the opening of the show here. If you're watching the show on YouTube and you want to know how to do that, you can give us a free $250 every month if you're an Amazon Prime member. The instructions for that are down below in the description. It would be awesome if you give them a read and uh, do whatever you can do. That's great. Uh, With that, it's time to get on with Episode 318. We're going to kick things off with undoubtedly... The biggest game that came out this week, and that is Overwatch 2. Matt, should I ask if you actually went and tried it or not? Nope. (laughs) No, I shouldn't ask, or no, you didn't try it? Eh, Both. (laughs) You're right, both. Um, Overwatch 2 is out there, and the weird thing about this is it's free. So this isn't a case where Matt and I are trying to tell you whether you should spend your money or not. Um, it's a case where we're, we're going to tell t- you whether, where you should spend your time doing or. not. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what we're that's the I purpose just didn't, now.
1: Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't see the point. Yeah, like I'm not going to like this game. I like if I mean beyond what I already thought about the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to play it for any length of time. It's fine, I guess. I but like also like all the people I know who used to be so hardcore into these things they didn't even know it came out. They, they don't play it anymore. They don't talk about it anymore. These are people that used to hang out with Overwatch League players. Uh, yeah. And they don't care that this happened. Yeah. Also, one of my friends uh, had her Overwatch 1 install automatically update itself to Overwatch mm. 2. And she wasn't thrilled about that. Well,
0: there is no Overwatch 1 no anymore. anymore. It doesn't yeah. exist. It's gone. So that's the first thing. This game has completely replaced Overwatch 1. You cannot go back... And play the OG Overwatch if you want to, and that's important because they have made some huge changes. For well, I think for hardcore players, they're huge changes. I think for more casual players, like people like me, honestly, mm-hmm. they're a lot more subtle. Um, the biggest change is that the the game has gone from six versus six to five versus five. Um, basically, what they've done is they've taken out one of the tank characters that you would have to fill in your party. There's now one tank, two damage two support characters so for a total of five and
1: so again, would that become a requirement like you can't start a match without that lineup or yeah you
0: have to pick wow yeah yep um i mean that's kind of the way it was before you'd have to pick yeah the but, two like, but and... you could
1: you could, didn't have to you like early it was early on you could have a team full a whole of team full of tanks, tanks or whatever or no tanks or you know they well, would warn
0: lo- you like oh
1: you might want a tank or something
0: yeah Maybe. well a lot of that depends on what you're playing so if you're playing ranked Every match, you have to have the exact lineup of people. And then there's... That's the other thing, too, about this game. is There's a new mode, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the other thing is that there's a crazy playlist of user-created modes that I was pleasantly surprised by. They're insane. Like, some of them are just completely out of the realm of possib- possibilities, you would think, for overwatch like really creative ideas really different ways of looking at the the assets that they have to use to make their 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 uh user created matches or whatever i was pleasantly surprised by some of the the match types in there but if you're playing like tr- the traditional overwatch stuff yes you have to satisfy the requirements for your team or your squad whatever you want to call it um so again it is switched from five versus five to six versus six they've taken a tank out and what that really does is it I would argue it makes the game more exciting. You don't spend a lot of time anymore. The other thing that they did, too, was they removed a lot of the abilities to... A lot of shield abilities, where characters are able to put up a big shield in front of them. There's only a couple now that where you can do that. It's not like every heavy now can bring out a shield. That, in conjunction with swapping out another one of the tanks, it has created... I mean, I know some people may not want to hear this, but it's it's more like a typical shooter now than it is... Overwatch. So it seems like a
1: mistake, though. I mean, it's probably not a mistake if you're trying to like get like regular shooter people to play your game. Mm-hmm. But it kind of seems like it takes away what made Overwatch unique.
0: A little bit. Um, honestly, I think the removal or the change in the tweaks of the abilities are a bigger deal than the five versus five versus six versus six. Like, not everyone or all the tanks. Having shields makes a huge difference now. And the other thing that they did was they took out a lot of the abilities that inflicted status effects on you. So, one character used to have a flashbang that would slow you down, and basically, you're instantly dead anytime you get hit with the flashbang. A lot of this stuff like that has been completely removed from the game. So, stuff that would slow you down, stuff that would stop you dead in your tracks, all that kind of stuff has been removed. And it does change the game. It is much more action oriented now than it was before and some people may hate that some people may like it and I would argue too that removing one of the tanks does take a little bit of the strategy away from the game particularly if you're going against tanks you don't have to work with your team anymore to take down the tanks like you used to I guess is the best way to put it like if you're just a good player you can handle the one tank no problem like they don't dominate matches like they used to I guess is the best way I could say it And if you're a tank player, you hate that. If you're someone who doesn't play tanks, like me, it's actually a change that you like. Um, It's tough for me to say, and I'll I'll get to that at the end, whether I like this more than Overwatch 1. But there have been a lot of tweaks made to this, and I feel that most of them are made to make the game appeal to a bigger audience. And that might be because a lot of people, like your friend, left Overwatch in the last couple years and stopped playing. And... So if you're Blizzard, you're saying, okay, we've lost all these people. How do we get them back? We don't. Yeah, you don't. We just go for these imaginary other people, apparently. Yeah. I mean, it's never going to be Call of Duty because it is a hero-based shooter with ultimates and special abilities for every every character in the game. So it's never going to be just like a Call of Duty clone with like superhero avatars or whatever. Mm. It's always going to play at least a good bit different from Call of Duty. But the moment-to-moment action more closely mirrors um call of duty now than it did before and i'll say this too i'm killing at this game like (laughs) it's funny though like when i used to play overwatch i was like probably an average player i'm crushing in this game now like i'm finishing with like 25 kills eight deaths like winning almost every match and i I don't know if a, a lot of it may be that it just launched and it's free to play so maybe there's a lot of kids or noobs that are playing the game and i'm just preying on them i don't know but I'm, like, dominating in this game. And I'd never dominated in Overwatch before. I don't know what the change is. Maybe it is the tweaks to the party makeup and the changes to abilities. I don't know. But I'm way better at this than I was at the first Overwatch. So take that for what it's worth. I'm not sure exactly what it means. Um, I, but the other thing I, I would say about it, too, Matt, is, like, I felt like when I played Overwatch before and there were two tanks, there was just always these long, like, stalemates. Mm. I felt like it was really hard once somebody took... A position or if they were escorting something that was moving through the map it was so hard to kill them because you just have two guys walking in front or just posting up on the boundary of whatever they're protecting and you have to take down those shields before you could hit anybody or anything behind them so i do feel like it's opened up the game a lot more and i do think that ultimately it will appeal to a wider audience than the first overwatch did now whether that's good or not to you that's up to your opinion i'm just telling you that's kind of the way the game plays now um Ultimately, though, as someone who plays a lot of shooters, one thing I realized about Overwatch is it's a very simple shooter. Like, there's not a lot of traversal options. Um, You have, basically, a jump, a shoot. You have two special abilities and your ultimate. And that's pretty much it. Um, Yeah, I mean, certain characters have traversal options. Yeah. part of their character kit. Well, like, even Soldier 76, he has a sprint. Like, you can't just sprint in this game. It Mm -hmm. has to be, like an ability that's given a front and uh, but there are like grappling hooks and super jumps mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Almost every character does have some sort of a traversal ability. Um, now some have sprint, some have like a grapple hook type ability like you talked about. But what I've also found playing this game is that the levels are kind of sloppy. So if you start really getting into the geometry of the level, say you've climbed up somewhere and you want to jump down onto a roof a lot of times that roof, the hitbox, isn't right on that roof, and you just, like, slide off the roof. Like, I don't know. I can't remember if the first Overwatch was that way. I remember it being that way. It's just, like, like lazy. You don't,
1: you don't always land on what you think you're going to land on, or, like, things aren't always... You don't always think, like, oh, I thought I was going to be able to do that, and I can't. Yeah, because kind
0: of the hitbox is around, like, the geometry and the levels. It's not accurate. It's like something will look like it's flat, but it's not. You jump on it, and you, like, slide off of it. Like... I don't know. I feel like if you're going to have verticality in your game, you need to make sure that when you're building the levels, that the levels up high are interactive and work the way that they're supposed to. If I want to, like, go up on, like, a butte and crouch and snipe from up there, if that's the character that I'm playing as, I should be able to do that. And, like, this game just doesn't allow it. There's no clamoring. There's no climbing. If you do try to climb up stuff, again, it's this weird, like, hitbox stuff where you're just, like, sliding off of stuff. Like, you can't grab onto ledges. Like... It's again, when I compare this to other shooters that I play a lot, it's a very simple game, but that may be why it has appeal. Maybe kids, you know, the younger audiences like it that way, maybe more casual players like it, that it's not this hardcore, like kill or be killed. You know, if you lose two frames in your lag, you're going to get dominated.
1: Well, That's- I think part of the appeal is also that, like, it is a simple game. So the differences come down, the differences and success comes down to how well you can use your character and how well your That's team true. works together. That's true. Um, you know, there's, there's fighting games like that, too. Yeah. where It's like, you know, it, this isn't about, you know, who can master 14 bars balancing all, all those systems. It's about who can fight. Yeah. So there's an element of that. Uh, which may have, may feed into why they decided to simplify some of it even further and remove you know, the, the second tank and all that. Um, I just don't know. Like,
0: like, I don't know if that's going to matter mm-hmm. in the long run. Yeah. Well, as you said, like a lot of their big fans have bailed on this, so they're it's almost like they're having mm-hmm. to build their fan base and their audience back up again. Yeah. And you know what? I, I if there was a single
1: player component of this, if they'd leaned into the lore on this in the game in the same way they have in kind of the marketing components with those you know, those little short films they do and all mm-hmm. that, which are all very good. Yep, they're um, amazing. Like I would would have revisited this. I would have come back and played whatever story they had or whatever thing. But like, I I don't care about a multiplayer arena. I don't care how much you flesh the characters out outside of the game. I'll watch your CG short film. But I can install your. I'm not installing Battlemat again.
0: Yeah. Like I don't care. Well, here's the other thing. So this game has been completely marred by. Jerks. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) this this launch has been destroyed by jerks. It
1: had a bad launch day through no fault of its own.
0: Yeah, the idiots out there, DDOS attacks, all, it's been going on for a week. Like, they closed the game down for a full day, launched it back at 8 o'clock. There was still a queue to get into games. The, the day after yeah. it launched, a queue to get into games was like two thousand players. Why is it one, somebody I know on Facebook posted a,
1: p- a picture of him being—he was in a queue for of thirty thousand people ahead of him. The most I had was three thousand. people and I think ahead. that was an
0: error. I don't yeah. think that was true. Yeah. But like, there it was. Yeah, like, it's crazy. So people just attacked the game. Why? Have, we've talked about these people over and over on Game Face. How I detest them. I wish it. Really sick of these people ruin everyone else's fun. But anyway, they attacked the game for, like, a couple days. They took the game down, brought it back up. There was still a queue. They didn't fix it. Like, it was smaller, but there was still a queue. Yesterday, I went back and played, and everything finally had been fixed. So, you can jump in and play the game immediately now. There's no wait. There's no queue. Hopefully, there's not another attack on the game. I don't know. But that really sucks. Um, To your point about the campaign, Matt, there is kind of one on the way. It is a PvE campaign. Wasn't available at launch. Matt, this game is a sequel to a game that launched six years ago. And they can't have the PvE campaign ready to go for the launch of this game? Mm. Matt, they've added three new characters for Overwatch 2. Three! Mm. One from each class. There's a tank, there's a damage, and there's a support. And like one of the, the damage person is basically just a clone of Soldier 76... Except they have a rail gun, and their grenade instead of a rocket has a bigger blast radius. But it's basically just a complete rip of Soldier 76. So the new content for this, three new heroes. That's it. Again, one in each class. And then there's like six new maps. And I'm like sick of them already. Like, it, they, they do include all the old maps as well. But for obvious reasons, since the game just launched, all the new maps are the ones that are on rotation. And having now played it for a week... I am sick of the maps already. And I'm ready for them to start cycling in the old maps because, I'll be honest with you, Matt, I didn't play Overwatch for the last like three years. All the maps that they've added in that amount of time, I've never played. So Mm. they're all new maps to me. So get them in there. Get them cycling in there. I'm ready to play some new maps. Um, There's one new mode that's called Push. And it's basically like a tug-of-war match. Most of the match types in this game are attack and defend. Either you're attacking a point or you're defending a point. And... The, the tug-of-war mode is kind of the same thing. You have a robot, a big droid, that's pushing this barrier around. If you have more people close to the droid, he pushes in your direction. If the opponent has more people around the droid, he pushes in their direction. And it's, t- it's this tug-of-war. You're constantly trying to wipe out the other team, gather your team around the robot, so then he then pushes the, the barrier forward with the object of pushing it all the way to the other team's base. It's fun. But again, it's not all that different than playing all the other modes where you're either either attacking or you're defending. Um, But again, that is something that does kind of set Overwatch apart. There are team deathmatch options. And like I said, a lot of the custom playlist stuff was really creative and really unique. But the bulk of the game that you'll be playing with everybody else is attack or defend. You're either defending a zone or attacking a zone. You'll see here, like at the top there, like once you've taken over the zone, your percentage starts counting up. um, And once you get to 100, you win the round and then obviously when the opponent if they were to take over that area then their red numbers would start going up Um, and that's pretty much how all the modes work in this and if you're not into that kind of capture and hold you know those type of modes then you're probably not going to enjoy overwatch 2. it's just all there is to it that's the way the the game is designed and that's how people want to play it um loot boxes are gone hallelujah they are gone for good they have been replaced by a battle pass that so far, seems okay. Like, I haven't made it all the way through the Battle Pass yet. I've made it a good way through. And I do feel like I'm unlocking stuff pretty frequently just by playing the game. Without ha- Now, again, I'm kind of mopping people up in this game. I'm getting lots of kills. I don't know if that's helping me get through the Battle Pass a lot more quickly. Um, but so far, I haven't felt like... I saw something in the Battle Pass, and I was like, man, I just, I just want to pay for that. Now, the Battle Pass does cost 10 bucks, so if you don't want to grind and earn all this stuff in the Battle Pass, you can. And right now, there aren't any new heroes to unlock in the Battle Pass, but eventually, it's already in the roadmap from Blizzard that it is published that there are going to be new heroes that you unlock in the Battle Pass, and that's where things can start to get dicey. And that's where, honestly it will turn into most other games as a service that are character-driven, like League of Legends. What League of Legends does and Riot does, they launch a new character, they make sure that that character is OP. Everybody then goes to buy the character because you just totally whoop ass while playing with that character, and then once people stop buying the character, they nerf it. And I would not be surprised if that's exactly what happens with Overwatch 2. New characters get introduced, and they're total like map wipers for the first like two months, and then when people stop buying it, they'll balance it for competitive play. But not 100% that that's going to happen. It just seems to happen with every game that handles characters in that way, where you can actually pay to get to unlock new characters. It's, I mean, do you blame Riot and these publishers for doing that, Matt? I mean, if it works, it works. Yeah. If it didn't work, people wouldn't buy it. Because if that's what you have to do to make a game, a high-quality game for free, is that, like, a worthy trade-off? It kind of is, isn't it? I mean, if it wasn't, I don't think people would play it. Yeah, people would reject it, right? They'd reject League of Legends. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's the the invisible hand of the market, you know? Like, that's, you know, if if it was so terrible, why are you playing it? Right. I mean, you know, that was my solution to, you know, uh, that system not working well is to just never play mobile games, so... You know, and again, like if if the game's not fun, you're not going to play it. Like I, you know, like I, there's a bunch of games on mobile that use the same kind of system and like use the Battle Pass system or use the loot box system, and I'm like, I would really like it if that game was good, but it isn't. Yeah. So I don't play it. Yeah. Like there's that's like every Transformers game made in the last ten years basically. Yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> um, the seasons are going to last nine weeks. And for the most part, with the Battle Pass, you're unlocking cosmetics, sprays, and voice lines. But as I said, they are going to slide heroes in there as well. Um, The other other game that does this, Matt, is Call of Duty Warzone with its guns. Mm. They'll put a new gun in the Battle Pass, and it will just (laughs) just wipe the map. And then everybody goes and buys the Battle Pass so they can get the The gun. The closest thing to characters in Call of Duty. Yeah, pretty much. The guns are the characters in Call of Duty. And so they do it with the guns. And again... It's free. You know, Warzone's a free game to play, so it's hard to complain. It's like if this is what you need to do to be able to give me this high-quality game that I like playing for free, then you kind of have to be okay with it. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. If you want to Now, some people may say, "Well, you know what? I'd rather pay 60 bucks for Overwatch 2 and just, you know, not have to deal with that." I can understand that perspective, but Yeah. But that's not what they've decided to do. They've decided to make it free and want you yeah, That's not where the money is. Yeah. you're right. The $60 game, is not where the money is for games like this anymore. Which I'm sure is what they learned with Overwatch 1. Is they're like, well, we've had this game out for like four years now, and the money has all dried up. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm guessing that they're like, this is the best model for us. It makes the most sense for a hero shooter. And Blizzard is probably right. I hate to admit it. Um, As I said, there are 35 total heroes in the game, but there's only three new ones. Sojourn, as I said, is kind of like Soldier 76, except she's got a railgun. And her grenades are a bit have a bigger blast radius. Junker Queen is the new heavy, um, and she uses a boomerang, a shotgun, and an axe. And then Kariko is a support character that kind of plays and looks like Genji. I think she's a ninja. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think she's supposed to be. Uh, she uses uh, throwing knives though. And then. Some of the characters I feel like are unbalanced. Like, I play as Soldier 76 all the time. I think he's totally OP. Like, they need to nerf him, man. Like, I just destroy people playing as him. It's almost unfair. And then there's another character that's been around for a while named Moora. And I always think I always pronounce her name wrong. And she's a magic caster that has a shield. And it is just ridiculous. Like, she, every match, she is the top. Every time. Because hmm. you can't get through her shield and her magic attacks. It takes, like, two or three attacks and you're dead. And they aren't all that slow. Like, the cooldown between attacks for her aren't long enough. So, they have some work to do to balance some of these characters. And, uh, at least for competitive reasons, to get, make it a little bit more even. Um, they also, as I said earlier, they have changed a lot of the classic characters. They've removed features. Um, oh, Moira moira yeah that's how you say her and oh here she is actually winning getting the last yeah. kill like cinematic <laughs> i hate her like yeah, it's she's, just,
1: she's like one of the last ones i remember being added i mean she, look she just completely wiped everybody right there mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like so i'm not a big well, fan they were of her they're all standing there you might as well I yeah <laughs> well we, they were strafing but the, her attacks it's like you just turn them on mm. and you just do side to side and it was well, like a hit scan beam basically. it just cuts like, them down yeah, yeah. Um, so there, I do feel like there's some balancing that can be done on the characters, but that you know that's just a time-based thing. It's hard to balance 35 different characters. When you think of all the potential permutations and combinations of people you were playing with or against um, with that many heroes, it's hard to balance that stuff. So I'll give them kind of a pass on that, um, but they do still have some work to, to do there. Um, as far as the visuals are concerned, you're watching the B-roll. Matt, do you see much of a change from Overwatch 1?
1: No, it looks about the same. It
0: looks the same! It looks the same. That's probably the biggest disappointment for me with this game, is it doesn't look any better. It still looks like a last-gen game, and I get it. It's free to play. I want to make sure it'll run on everyone's rigs. It runs on Switch, by the way. There's a Switch version of this that actually runs pretty well, but that's why, because this game is all flat-shaded. Like There's no special effects going on. Like. It is a last-gen game, which, you know, when you take six years to make a game, sometimes that happens. But I think the bigger part of it is that they want it to run on everything because they need a mass audience to be playing it so that they can make money off its free-to-play model. So really disappointed in the visuals. This is the PS5 version that you're watching, by the way. This should be blowing your your hair back, but it obviously doesn't. Um, and, you know, obviously it has a cartoony art style, which maybe, maybe doesn't lend itself as well. To the hardware muscle flex, like some other games might, but still. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: you're talking about, again, the throws used to turn it down to nothing. Right. Know, play it at 100,000 100, frames, frames a second, per second, or whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I get that part of it. Um, as I said a minute ago, we're still waiting for the PvE campaign content. That is not coming until 2023. Why I didn't have that done for six years of development, I have no idea. Um, but I guess, really, my overall impressions of the game is I think I do like it more than the first Overwatch. At least for the way that I like to play shooters, it's more in my wheelhouse than the original was. Um, I also feel like if you're put on a crappy team now, you can still win. I felt like in Overwatch, if you had a couple players that really sucked or just didn't care or were griefing or whatever, you had no chance. In this, like if you're a really good player, you can kind of take over matches a little bit more and, like like I said, wipe the other team. And once you do that, you just guaranteed yourself an extra, like, 30 points or whatever While you're, if you're holding the zone, or if you're playing the tug-of-war mode, you just got yourself another, like, 100 yards of the robot pushing the barrier in their direction. So I do feel like you're not as reliant on your team to be good at this. And again, I understand some people may say, well, that's taking the strategy out of it, Shane. And I understand that. And if that's something that you prefer in your shooters, this is a worse game than the last one. I'm not not going to sugarcoat it that's the truth if that's the type of game that you like Mm. to play a little more strategic if you like to communicate via voice with your teammates or
1: interestingly maybe if it's the kind of game you like to watch that's another good point like it's they do seem to have pulled back from the esportsification on this one a little bit they have in terms of making it something because that's the kind you know at that level of play that was the interesting part was how are they going to break the stalemate who's got the better team coordination to do that
0: and I get sick of those stalemates.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that. was It's not all that much fun when you're a player who isn't that good.
0: Yeah, or you're not the tank. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're the one who's trying to constantly break down the tank's barriers just to sh- land a shot on him, it gets old, like spawning, running, getting killed immediately without breaking the shield, spawning, running. Like, it, I got tired of it. It made me quit playing the game. So if they're looking to appeal to players like me they've done a good job if they're looking to appeal to players who like a little more thoughtful more strategic angle on their shooters they've made a mistake so i think overall though we see who is right and who is dead pretty much yeah but i think ultimately it probably is the right decision because call of duty has proven that more players prefer that style of play than the more thoughtful outlook or perspective on on shooters so We'll see how it ultimately plays out and if Blizzard can make some money on this game or not. But as I said, the campaign stuff, if that's what you want to play it for, not there until next year. They haven't really given a hard date for it yet. Despite the, the praise I've given this game, I do feel like it is Overwatch 1.5. Um, it doesn't feel like a sequel. I don't think they could have sold this game, I guess this is the best, best way I'd put it, Matt. Like If they tried to sell this for $60, I would tell you no way in hell you buy this. Mm-hmm. Is there's no The amount of content that is in this, new content that is in this, is worth, like, 20 or 30 bucks. It really, Matt, does feel like an expansion to Overwatch they slapped a two on. Now, a big one, obviously, and it would probably be the biggest update to Overwatch ever, although they did have some pretty big ones back in the day. So, it would be probably one of the bigger updates ever, but ultimately, this still could be an update. They only added three characters and eight maps. So... Or six maps. I can't remember if it's six or eight. So, they haven't added that much content to the game, and... You know, if they were to try to charge full price for this, I think it would just fall flat, out, flat on its face. So, mm-hmm. knowing that it is free to play, I'm guessing they made some decisions about what content they would have or wouldn't have it launch based upon that. Um, instead of just giving it to you all at once, if you'd actually paid for the game, you're gonna, it's going to be in these battle passes going forward for quite a while. Um, so, you know, you're going to get characters slowly but steadily. You're not going to get like big batches of new heroes as maybe you might expect. Like, I. To me, if you're going to call it Overwatch 2, I'm thinking you need at least eight new play, playable heroes. What do you yeah. think, Matt?
1: I mean, yeah, but
0: again, if you're just giving away for free, who cares? Yeah, it changes everything. And I think if people paid for this game... It's really more of just an update. It is. Yeah, is. Three like, characters in one update is pretty good. Right. If it were just DLC or whatever, yeah. that's amazing. But <laughs> this is Overwatch 2. This is supposed to be the sequel to Overwatch. And it's, if you view this game through the lens of the typical video game sequel, it falls really short. But then you consider that you don't have to pay for it, and that changes everything. So, I'll say this. I am having fun with it. Um, I haven't quit playing it. I've been playing it for a good week solid. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get in, be really interested and suckered into, like, you know, ranking up and playing a lot of ranked matches or, or whatever. Um, I don't think I'm going to become like seriously competitive at this. But could it be kind of that game that I always play that you know, when I have 15 minutes, 30 minutes here or there? Yeah, it could. A lot of that's going to depend on uh, Modern Warfare 2, which comes out here very soon, and uh, how much I enjoy that. But if Modern Warfare 2 isn't great, this could end up becoming kind of my daily driver, so to speak. The game that I just play here and there whenever I have a couple minutes to uh, check it out. So that's Overwatch 2. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys think because obviously it's free-to-play and I'm guessing a lot of you guys have already Downloaded it for free and you're playing it the download isn't too big So you don't have to worry about it sucking up a lot of space on your hard drive Which also could mean that you know, there's not a lot of content in the game depending on your perspective how you want to look at it There's two it's kind of a double-edged sword there but I am interested to see what you guys are saying about the game because again, I'm guessing some of you guys have been playing it uh says they said 10 million active players so if a small percent pay up that's a nice chunk isn't it yes it absolutely is toast9 thank you for twitch prime by the way while we're here um vincent says i think they're going to spread out the content there are at least three more coming over the next nine months yeah they've already shown the roadmap, um and there's already three dumps (laughs) coming over like the next nine months Um, Minority Game says Soldier 76 is probably the most COD character in the game. Yep, and just like I said Sojourn is like a female clone of Soldier 76, so if you like to play as him, you'd prefer to play as a female character, then that's your ticket Um, Sneaky says I like to pop on for two or three games every day and I'm having a blast I'm having fun too. Um, I don't know if I could sit there and play it all day like I can Call of Duty, I haven't really tried that yet but the times that I'm actually playing it, I'm having fun with it. Um, Emperor Dread Thank you for Twitch Prime, that's awesome Um, digital reflux, Activision ain't getting my phone number. (laughs) So he brings up a good point that I had left out of this discussion. And that is that in order to play this game and merge your accounts, you had to give Activision Mm -hmm. your phone number. And people were like, F that. I'm not giving you my phone. And I feel the same way. Are yeah, oh, you going to have that, to give you
1: my number? That was kind of the the stake in the heart of my considering playing <laughs> this. I was like, oh, no.
0: Well, here's the good that. news is they've removed it. So yeah. you don't have to. But now, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 asks you for your phone number. So I'm guessing they're going to take it away from that game too. Mm. But they didn't get the memo. Like the yeah. the, the inner internal Activision memo didn't make it to the Call of Duty team. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's probably a very different world than what Blizzard is. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, yeah, so they were asking for phone numbers. They're not doing that anymore. I mean, you can merge your accounts, because I had played Overwatch on, like, three different platforms, and yeah. I did manage to, like, merge all those accounts into one account. It took a few
1: days. Oh, yeah, Vincent knows that it only was removed if you already had Overwatch 1. Mm. If you don't have any Overwatch at all, you have to still have to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting.
0: Oh, that's bad. That's bad. So only Overwatch 1 players had it removed. New players still need to give their phone number. That's crazy. (laughs) And Sneaky says people will give Twitter and Facebook their numbers. I don't. I don't give either of those websites my phone number. Yeah, they don't have my phone number. I've never given my number to either one of those. And Twitter asks for it all the time, which sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like once every eight months I'll get this weird pop-up that says, Hey, give us your phone number. It's like, no, F you. You don't need my phone number. I'm not giving it to you. Um... What else people people were saying about Overwatch 2 here? Um. Sneaky, every game I've played, we've only won because of teamwork. Weird. It is weird. Maybe you just don't have a dominator like me on your team, (laughs) Sneaky. But seriously, like I'm not exaggerating. Like, I'm finishing most matches with like 20-some kills and like a handful of deaths. And I can absolutely turn the game. Like that. So it happens. I'm the one who makes it happen sometimes. Um uh Erebus jones says you don't have to buy the battle pass to unlock the guns in cod that's true yep you can just crank through it but you don't have to buy it in this either i don't think well you don't get new guns in this because everyone just has their weapon yeah so you'll never unlock guns in this no just characters just the characters but as we were saying earlier the guns kind of are the characters in call of duty so now i'm understanding like where he's coming from with that comment um i think that's it i'm surprised more of you guys aren't playing this um i'm not
1: Our audience isn't too interested in this kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. More interested than, like, Madden. Yeah. But not by much. Yeah. And I do wonder if, like, our audience... Do you think that's who Blizzard's trying to get into the game? Maybe.
1: I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing anymore. I don't know why they did what they did with this game. I don't know why they let it languish for two years. I don't know any of that. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen... People with such a fervor for something who treated it as a lifestyle just simply walk away from it.
0: What do they say is the reason why?
1: Um, It varies, but most of it is like they abandon. They feel like the game was abandoned, uh, that Overwatch League was doomed. Um, That I'll
0: agree with. So, your point earlier about how they've changed the game to not be as esports friendly. Do you think maybe they've just given up on the whole esports angle of this game? I mean, I would think so. Because it was pretty much a colossal
1: thing. I mean, a lot to a lot of people, it's news that Overwatch League is still a thing, right? So that
0: it still exists. They gave it the old college try, but not just them either, though. Like all these teams and all these cities that you know yeah. invested millions of dollars to launch their Overwatch team, and now it's just. <laughs> I mean, they're just riding contracts out at this point. I yeah, think. esports has proven to be a very tough nut to crack. Nobody has figured out how to make money from it. Yep. So, yeah, that's the key. Yep. That's all that matters. (laughs) With no money, nothing else happens. So, uh, again, like I, if you even kind of like shooters, I do Mm -hmm. recommend downloading it. It's free, um, and it's not that big of a file. Give it a go and check it out. Um, If you're not even, if you're also, if you're not a person who typically likes shooters, this is different. It is like a, here. it's almost like a fighting game shooter, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, that's how distinct all the characters are in Overwatch. They all have their own weapon. Like, nobody has the same weapon. Um, they also almost all have their own special abilities. They definitely all have their own ultimate abilities. So, it's not like playing most shooters. If you hate Call of Duty, it d- that doesn't mean that you're going to hate Overwatch 2, I guess is what I'm getting at.
1: Also, the scandals of the company, I think, drove a lot of people away from it, too.
0: That could be. A lot of the stuff that's happened at Activision Blizzard over the last, like, year and a half, two years, or whatever. I could totally get that. So I, I don't blame anyone for feeling that Blizzard, Activision, our company, is not worth supporting. Yeah, I totally get it. Yep, I could understand that as well. So... Uh but there you go. That's Overwatch Two. Or giving your phone number too. I recommend it because it's free. I would not recommend it if you had to pay for it. In fact, if there were Or to if put... you have to give it your phone number. Right. <laughs> of course. Um and and honestly, like if I were were to have to pay for this, I would be willing to pay like thirty bucks for it probably. Mm-hmm. That would be what I would say monetarily it would be worth. Uh, but you don't have to. You can get it faux. I will free. think about it when they get the thing, the P V E stuff. Yep. Done. And again, no hard date for that um the pve campaign stuff
1: okay. I, I got other things to do in 2023
0: yep. so. yeah yeah you don't have to worry about it because when it does show up you just download it for free and play it so mm. no big deal yep all right well there you go that's overwatch 2. next up i'm going to talk about a game we probably should have talked about last week but i just didn't have enough time to get it in to play it but this week i did and that game is return to monkey island Matt, did you get a chance to spend any time with this at all? I did not. I, I thought about it, and I was going to, and then I didn't. Because
1: <laughs> to be honest, like I am a big Lucas Arts fan. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't played it. I don't like the Monkey Island games. Very oh, really? Much. They're like the one thing they made that I just never clicked with, and I don't care. And I, you know, I don't have any ill will against this game, but I hate the art style in this game. It's I polarizing. Fucking Hate looking at this game. Let me get some BRON. More power to Ron Gilbert for, for making the game he wants to make and making the art style he wanted to use. I don't want to look at
0: this. It doesn't bother me that much. It doesn't look like the original game. No, it doesn't look like Monkey Island. <laughs> I, mean,
1: I mean, Monkey Island has gone through a lot of weird art style changes. Yeah. I mean, this is... Because this is, there was the one that looked like a Disney cartoon. Yeah, and like, there was one that looked like weird and squishy, like almost like a yeah. Nicktoon thing. Like yeah. They've gone some weird places from the beginning where it looked pretty standard LucasArts point-and-click adventure. Not even point-and-click. It was still, you know, parser-based mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but I hate looking at this. <laughs> So, that was a a detriment. So, it was basically my least favorite LucasArts series um, being continued in a terrible art style uh, that I just didn't really, and I didn't really feel like playing an adventure game, and that sort of torpedoed the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, not. Just, I mean, I was never super excited about this. Just because, so Ron because Gilbert Monkey coming Island.
0: back to the franchise has no draw for you. I mean, he
1: didn't help in the original two for me. Um, not that you know, I understand; it's a very popular game that everybody loves and all that stuff. But this just the Monkey Island games never did it for me.
0: Yeah, um, I liked the first two that Gilbert worked on. Certainly, the first two are the best. Two. And then the ones after that, I thought were—I wouldn't say they were trash, but no, they were the just forgettable. The third formidable. one was okay. They just weren't. The memorable. The fourth
1: one was bad. Yeah, uh, it it didn't understand what monkey. Even as someone who doesn't like Monkey Island very much, the fourth game did not understand what Monkey Island
0: is. Yeah. Now, one thing I should say before we get too much deeper into this: this is only available for two platforms right now. It's only available for Switch and PC. I chose the PC version because that's where I grew up playing point-and-click games. I think they chose the right console, obviously, with the Switch because it has a touchscreen for a point-and-click game. But I decided to play this on PC because that's. That's how I feel at home playing these games, playing them with a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes the most sense. Um let's see. If you're I don't do you, I wonder if our audience is all that familiar with this franchise, even. So I'm I trying mean, to I figure know, out if I'm, I need to like explain everything about it, or if most people that watch Game Face already know. I would imagine most of them know of it. I don't yeah. know how many like fans there yeah. are. Well, the franchise is stars a character named Guybrush Threepwood. He is t- how do you even describe him? He's kind of like this bumbling idiot that everybody loves. Yeah. That's probably the best way I would describe him. Yeah, I think the opposite of the guy from Deponia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Or like maybe the he's he's from the same I I, I always felt like he was like Roger Wilco from Space Quest with charisma. No.
0: Oh. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Um he He's kind of a naive, like, pirate wannabe. Mm-hmm. He's been searching for the secret to Monkey Island for, like, his entire life. And he's never given up. And he's never uncovered the secret of Monkey Island. And I'll be honest with you, the whole time I played this, all I keep thinking about in the back of my mind is, is like, Gilbert finally going to give up the secret to Monkey Island? Or is he going to, like... Probably not. Probably, yeah. I haven't finished it yet. I, it hasn't happened yet. So... It's like, I feel, almost feel like if he does that, the franchise is dead.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's the MacGuffin. Yeah. So, like, if it's gone, what are you doing? What are you doing there's there? No reason to go to Monkey Island if you want, don't want to know the secret. Right. Exactly. So I do wonder if they're going to tie it up. And
0: I am sorry that I did not finish this.
1: I feel like there's going to be the, like, the end of Road to Rio with Bing yeah. Crosby and Bob Hope, where they finally get the papers and Bob Hope's like, well, what do they say? And Bing Crosby says, the world must never know and tears yeah. them up. And that's the end of the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've played five, six hours of this, I'm guessing, at this point. Um, and they have not revealed the secret of Monkey Island yet. I'm guessing that they won't. Um, Wouldn't be a secret then that's
1: true and then what do they I do? mean i agree with him on that like you can't reveal the secret of monkey island because no nothing would be good enough yeah. at this point
0: well the other thing too is that the plot is kind of the same in this as it is in every one well, of yeah. them it's like he goes to monkey Island to find try and find a secret and he's racing against le, le chuck, chuck which is you, the zombie pirate and the, there's the, the love puzzles interest. are different but the plot's the same
1: right like it's, you know what are you gonna do and
0: there's the love interest that you know actually in this is now your wife um but in prior games, there was always this kind of, like, love triangle thing going on between mm. LeChuck and Threepwood and her. And But now she has decided that she's, she's married to Threepwood. But there's still a little bit of, like, an edge in the story there uh, with Elaine Marley. Um, so he, you know, Guybrush arrives back on Melee Island, and he assembles another crew of pirates and and sailors to fund yet another ex- expedition to Monkey Island. Um, what you're seeing right now is actually the game's prelude. And you play through the prelude, and basically what what it does is it gives you a rough idea of what's happened in the prior games. So it does kind of set, up, set it up for people who haven't played the prior games in the series. The other thing, too, is that there's a feature in the game where you can go back and you can just listen to straight-up synopses of what's happened in the prior games that are all voiced by uh, Guybrush. Um, so if you haven't played these games in the past, no worries. You can either spend the time going and actually listening to a synopsis of it, or when you play through this prelude, it really gives you like all the big plot points that you need to know before you get involved. But again, this game is a lot like the prior games in the series. It basically has the same plot as the prior games. Um, Isn't it crazy that, that Gilbert left this series for so long and then just decided out of nowhere to come back like two decades later or like, I mean, more part, than that?
1: I mean, part of it, I'm sure, was because you couldn't make these games for almost that whole time. Yeah,
0: people didn't want them.
1: Like, the, the genre was dead for, yeah. for a long time until crowdfunding.
0: Yeah. Now, I will say this. If you ignore the prologue while you're playing through it and you don't go back and listen to the logs that explain what's happened in prior games you will be lost when you get into the main part of this game so I do suggest that you actually do some of that stuff now you're seeing the pirates to-do list that's very handy to keep you on track and knowing what you're supposed to do it's very helpful there's also Matt a hint system built into this game so you don't have to go on Google and look for walkthroughs for this it's all built into the game but it's smart so it's kind of like, How I do name that game on Game Face. Like, the first clues, they just kind of, like, push you in the right direction. And they become more and more obvious until the final clue is, like, just go over here and do this. So, you don't need to go and find a walkthrough. The game allows you to spoil it as much for yourself as you want to. And I like that. Because even when I, in a few instances where I did use the hint system, I still got, like, a a slight sense of accomplishment from solving the puzzle still because I didn't just let it completely tell me. Um, they just kind of nudged me in the direction and my brain was like, oh, I get it. And I was able to solve the puzzle. So I think the system is great. I think it's something that should probably be in all adventure games. And I'm guessing it probably will be going forward. It does take work and a commitment to do it and make it happen. But I think it's totally worth it. Um, let's see. If you So to my point earlier, when I was talking about how you need to either listen to the synopses or pay attention during the prologue, if you don't do that, you're going to be lost. There's no doubt about it. You're not going to know a lot of the inside jokes, and there are tons of it. Even knowing the series, playing the prologue, I did not listen to a lot of the logs. There were jokes that were going over my head still. Like There were things where I was like, ah, I don't even know what you're talking about here. So I think even if you do dedicate yourself... Um, to understanding the lore and what's come before in the series, I think you still might struggle a little bit. Again, so just make sure that you really pay attention during the prologue. Um, The other thing I would say too, Matt, is that the game is kind of serious. So, most of these games are all, like, funny. In fact, uh, the first two games, I remember laughing out loud at least a couple times, playing each one of them. That hasn't really happened with this game. Now, there's... The whole script is comedic, quote-unquote. There's jokes everywhere. They're just they're just not especially funny. What I've really found with this game is that it's almost like a it's like discovery of Guybrush, like really learning who he is. So we already knew that he's kind of this bumbling lovable idiot before, but what they start showing in this game is that all the bumbling that he's done throughout his life has had very serious repercussions for the people around him. Hmm. Like the stuff that he's messed up has had horrible consequences for other people. Um, and so it is, and there he is as an adult, and this is where it, the game takes off. That's so, his dad, right? Well, the dad tells the story, and then as he starts telling the story, then it kicks into the actual real mm. part of the game that goes back to Monkey Island. Um, so the whole game's a flashback, kind of, yeah, mm. yep. Um, but overall, it's definitely not as funny as the earlier games, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I think a lot, of, a lot about that depends on your perspective and what you want from games like this. Um, But it does explore his character a lot more deeply than it ever has before. And I don't know that it adds that much to it. It does make you care about him a little bit more. and Maybe care about what happens to him a little bit more later in the game as you start uncovering this stuff. Uh, But it's a different angle on the franchise than what you're used to, for sure. Um, What else? The art style. Matt, you said you don't like it.
1: Nope.
0: I don't hate it.
1: I very strongly dislike
0: this art style. What is it about it that you don't like?
1: I don't like the beady eyes. I don't like the paper craft look to it. I don't like the the weird proportions of the characters. I don't like how they
0: move. I I don't like anything. Huh? I just don't like any of it. Interesting. I mean, I could see where it would be polarizing for some people, um, but hating it maybe seems a little strong. Um, no, I hate this. I don't. I don't think it looks good at all. Okay.
1: I was definitely not one of the people sending Ron Gilbert death threats over it, which yeah. happened. <laughs> but I, no, I don't I don't like how it looks at all. Yeah. Uh, well, I think maybe... I, I arguably like it better than when it looked like a Disney movie, because I thought that was a wrong choice for yeah. Monkey Island as well. But I don't... This is... I mean, like... Like I, like, I like the look of... Also, part of it's like, I don't think it works for Monkey Island. Like, I, I, I like... Like I like the art style, which is not super dissimilar to this uh, on uh, Broken Age. Mm-hmm. Um, although they had more expressive faces, I would argue,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, or at least easier to, to to parse. But they didn't have the long, skinny faces. They had like more cartoony faces. Yeah. Um, I just I don't think this works for the property. Like I don't like. Why, what am I looking at? Why 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 doesn't anybody have pupils? Like the, <laughs> I, get, I just don't like it.
0: Well, I'll say this: it works better in some scenes than others. <laughs> Sometimes you're—I agree with you—it looks awful, and then other times it, I think it's pretty charming. Um, but I do again: art style is something that it's going to hit everybody different, and that's why we show you B-roll so you can self-tell for yourself whether you're into the art style of a game or not. Um, it does include a lot of the typical point-and-click tropes, like combining items in your inventory and then using them. Um, The bulk of the puzzle solving in this game now not all there are some creative and fun puzzles in this But the bulk of the puzzle solving in this is your typical point-and-click adventure. I have all this stuff I need to try all this stuff on all the objects to figure out which which item works with which object in the room So there's lots of room scanning where you're like scrolling your mouse over everything to see if a cursor pops up now one thing I will say is it's a little easier in this because One, I feel like the hitbox around the stuff that is active is much larger than the actual object in the background. And then once you do scroll over, it gives you two options, both a left click and a right click on the mouse. So the menu that pops up is much bigger. So it's much more difficult to just kind of not notice it or ignore it. Um, So I do feel like they deal with that pretty well. And then they also have included several quality of life improvements that... um, make playing this genre a lot easier and I would suspect that they'll probably be common in a lot of point-and-click games going forward not that there are a lot of them anymore um probably the biggest one is walking speed <laughs> like you can double click and make him run and it's like oh that's been in, in these games forever oh it has yeah I, I thought it wasn't in the last
1: couple I mean I don't know about this one but the monkey Island games I can't remember but that's been a thing in point-and-click adventures forever really yeah longest journey had that like a bu- like dig had that I haven't played um, either of those games. Uh, I can't remember if, if uh, Day of the Tentacle did originally. But no, I, uh, double-clicking and making them move faster is pretty common.
0: Okay. Well, that is in this game, and I appreciate it, because I have not played a point-and-click that had it, and I was like, hot damn, this is a game-changer. Um, the game also tells you, Matt, to scum save. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it, it's like, you know what? You need to like save constantly and try this over again. Like There's one scene where you're like, Tossing things into a wishing well, and the game just flat out tells you, like, just keep saving. Every time you get something, toss it in there, save it, then get something else and toss it in there again. Um, so it actually encourages you to encourages you to do something that some people maybe feel a little guilty doing on their own. Um, and then, as I said earlier, it has the hint book that you don't, so you don't have to completely swallow your pride and Google the answers to some of the puzzles. Um, I miss the it,
1: old hint books that were like the little red. You ever have those, the old Sierra hint books that were, like, everything was behind the red, like, static things? You had to use the the red the clear red uh, decoder. Oh,
0: yeah! That's right, the, the little, like, film yeah. thing that they sent you with the game. That's yeah. right. So they had,
1: like, lower, lower yeah. hints and the higher hints. And then there was, like, questions that were not things in the game. And, like, if yeah. you looked at them, they'd be like, you're just reading the book now. You're not yeah. re- actually looking up what you need I to I forgot
0: about up. that. This is more overt. This is mm-hmm. right in the game. You can just go to... Uh, Go to the, the hint book and just check it out if you want to. And, again, they have tiered clues, so you don't have to just be like, I can't do this. Tell me how to solve it. Um, you can be very gradual in the hints until it finally does get to the point where it just flat out tells you. Um, and then, as I said, there's also a to-do list. It makes sure so you're not wasting your time wandering around aimlessly. Um, and then there's a variety of dialogue options. You've probably seen that already in the B-roll, the dialogue trees in this. like Sometimes you have like five or six options to choose from. Vincent makes a good point there.
1: What point? Uh, that the point of LucasArts games in the old days was you didn't have to save scum because there was no way to fail. Right. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I guess Ron Gilbert always really wanted to make a Sierra game.
0: <laughs> he had a change of heart, apparently. Uh, as I, as we said, Ron Gilbert is back in the director's chair for the first time in 30 years. Uh, the puzzles in this, as I said, a lot of them are just trying every item on every object, but there are more logic-based puzzles than there were in the prior games in this series. Um And honestly, I would kind of appreciate if games like this started going more in the direction of games like The Witness. Where Mm. they're just like a very new way to handle puzzles and quandaries in adventure games. But this really, as The Lower Third says, party like it's 1991. For better or worse, other than the quality of life stuff that I mentioned, this is pretty much the same game that they would have made back in the early 90s. Um, And some people may like that. Um, One of the best parts of this game is the soundtrack. I don't know who composed the soundtrack, but it's absolutely amazing. It's like a selection of Calypso, like Caribbean, like Sandy Lucas, Beach songs. LucasArts games always had amazing uh, music. It's incredible. It is really, really good. This is an, if you're into OSTs, this is definitely one that you mm-hmm. should check out. Um, I guess what I would say in general. I'd is really that, like to
1: see them remake The Dig after this. I've never played that. That's my favorite one of all, all of their point and click adventures. Yeah, I never played era. it. That was uh, Robert Patrick as, a, as an astronaut, oh. and uh, he gets zapped to, they get zapped to another planet and have to figure out, like, the dead civilization that used to be there, but he mm-hmm. uses a lot of Wagner, and, like, it, it was Spielberg was involved with it briefly, mm-hmm. um, and it shows in a lot of places. It would be cool to see it again in a, a, a form where I don't have to squint to tell what things are supposed to be. <laughs> Has one of the greatest exposition dump scenes in the history of video games. Really where you bring a a long a an alien that's been dead for thousands of years who invented all the weird tech you bring you use some of his own tech to bring him back to life and he tells you what happened with 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 the this the w- how the the civilization fell and it's amazing that it's, sounds it's like really the
0: uh, alien spin-off movie that you hate
1: you're gonna have to be more specific
0: it's the aliens spin-off movie that you hate Prometheus or whatever oh
1: Prometheus yeah it's a little uh, bit like that. No, it's like that, but if it like had any thought in it whatsoever.
0: <laughs> I actually don't hate that movie, but a lot of people do, actually. You're not alone on that one. Um, I guess what I would say... It's better than Alien 3. Yeah, that's for sure. Most things are. <laughs> I guess what I would say in general is that this game is probably more for fans than not. Because, one, I don't know that a point-and-click adventure game from 1990 is all that palatable to most people in 2022. But... If you're one of those people who played those games back then, like us, or if you're someone like Vincent, who's gone back, who's younger and who's gone back and played some of these games because you yeah. wanted to check them out, like there are people like that. There's a there's a YouTube channel I found whose name I can't remember. It begins with an S. It's like a
1: weird nonsense word. I think the kid's like Swedish or something. Mm-hmm. But he does. He's been doing videos forever. It started when he was like 16, like several years ago. He's like 23 now, but he started playing point-and-click adventures when he was like 12. Wow. Like old, like 90s era PC games that were like available on like, and he loves them. Like that's, that's his whole channel is just point-and-click adventure reviews of all these games that have, that were like older than he is, but he, he does a good
0: job with them. He, He gets them. Now, Matt, one reason why I may not hate this art style as much as you is because it's a little bit like Ren and Stimpy. Have you noticed? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. They'll do like the cutaways of like the gross close-ups. Yeah, I also hate Ren and Stimpy's animation. Oh, you do. I like
1: a lot of Ren and Stimpy's humor, but like especially the original stuff. But I never liked that like weird sort of squash really? and stretch close up of the warts on their backs. Or oh, I, think I loved it. I think that's just <laughs> gross and stupid. Well, they also have that. Um, weird... And I actually really dislike that John Kricfalusi became so influential in television animation. Out for that because I think it all sucks.
0: <laughs> Interesting. I love it. I think I, it's great.
1: I, I will look past that art style for the content and the humor that I like. Yeah. But I generally do not like that Nicktoon style art. I loved how he did the backgrounds in that show. He just splatter paint. Some of this, part, I mean, the spa- space madness is one of the greatest short cartoons it's amazing. ever made.
0: Amazing. But like, it's I literally hate looking I'm at some of that shit. I so hard at space madness, I almost died. I've watched that episode, mm-hmm. I'm not exaggerating, Matt, probably like 200 times. And I laugh at it still every time. <laughs>
2: I with know it by jolly
0: heart. candy-like button. It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> really good. I the whole thing by heart. It's, it's very funny. definitely the best episode of Ren, Ren and Stimpy ever. Space Madness. If you don't watch Ren and Stimpy, you want to watch one episode of it, watch Space yeah, you Madness. you
1: want to see Ren and Stimpy at their best, it's Space Madness. Yeah,
0: if you don't like Space Madness, you're not going to like any yeah, other every, it's all downhill from there. <laughs> it really is. It's their best episode. Um, but I think that might be why I kind of like this art style, is it does remind me a little bit of Ren and Stimpy with the close-up, like, gross-out, like whatever there's a little bit of it i also
1: it's, for me it's more like i just don't like the marionette style yeah. of it i don't i, can, I don't, I like, the, I don't like the. i don't like the papercraft marionette thing I, it's it's not that it like grosses me out or anything it's just like yeah. i just don't like it it doesn't do any it doesn't i don't identify with any of this i don't i don't like i don't feel like an attachment to any of these characters they all look like art projects not people to me okay. I, don't, I don't like it
0: i can understand that perspective Um, So I guess, as I said, I think this is more for fans than non-fans, which I think that's right. I think that's probably the right angle that Gilbert should have taken with this. He should have made it for fans because fans have been begging him to make another game in this series for 30 years. To make it for himself, and I think he did. And I think he did, yeah. Um, But at the same time, now these games are not the leaders in the genre anymore. Because the other thing about it, too, is now we're used to playing adventure games where you decide the outcome of the story. Where your decisions change the trajectory of the story, or rebranch the story, so to speak. That doesn't really happen in this game. As I said, there are multiple dialogue choices, but most of that is just for comedic effect. Like, I'll select them all just to see mm-hmm. the responses because the writing is really funny and clever. I mean, I can see that just looking at the, the text in this. It's like, oh, that's the
1: joke one and that's the one that advances right. the story. Right, you know, like, yep. Um, but, but at but, least they have the, the decency to make them different mouse clicks and not make you move
0: around and find them. Right. Like that's, that's, a nice, <laughs> that's a nice move. Yep, for sure. Uh, so these games are no longer the leader in the adventure genre. It really, in this game in particular, really lacks any truly unique features or ideas. However, it mm-hmm. is a really solid point and click. Yeah, I mean you did hit the point like that with uh with the LucasArts game back
1: in the day too, where it was like you were really pl- playing um for the for the whatever the story was or the characters or whatever it was, you know. Like mm-hmm. they were all the same. The scum games were pretty pretty similar, but you had to kind of like, Oh, I wanna play the dig because it's got the space sci fi thing, or yeah. I wanna play uh Grim Fandango because it's got that unique Day of the Dead theme and that yep. kind of thing. You know. Uh, didn't you know you didn't need innovation in that and like you, you know there's always gonna be one puzzle that would make any goddamn sense and you're just like how are we supposed to figure that without buying a hint book and you're like well that's the point yeah and uh, you know but nothing as bad as Gabriel Knight with a mustache um, <laughs> which is my, my favorite stupid puzzle in the history of point and click games where you have to disguise yourself as a character and you need a fake mustache to do it so, and to do that you need to get double sided tape and put it on the underside of a door with a groove under it and scare a cat to run under the door so its fur gets stuck on the tape yeah. and then you take the tape and put it on your on your upper lip and that's your mustache you break it you you sneak into the party and you find the guy and he doesn't have a
0: mustache it's <laughs> like getting the babble fish out of the machine and Hitchhiker's oh, Guide to yeah, the Galaxy the, the old
1: text adventure i I was stuck on that for, like, a year. Yeah, like everybody I would just, was. I would just, like, load it up every once in a while. <laughs> nope. <laughs> try again later. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know I'm how I'm like, long... I've read this book. I don't understand why I can't figure this out. Yeah.
0: That was hard. It was a hard yeah. text RPG. But, um, I had, look, I enjoyed this. And it was kind of like a nostalgia trip in a lot of ways. Like, it did kind of transport me back to my younger years when I would sit around with my buddies as a kid. Mm-hmm. And we try to figure out these point-and-click adventure games. Um so who is the leader in the adventure genre these days that's a good question i mean Mullen it's Elric. the telltale crew still it's whoever used to work for telltale i mean we're kind of we'll see yeah um it's them it's the people who are doing the dark pictures anthology yeah i was gonna say super massive they're the leaders candidate. now
1: um it's hard to, uh, to say in the sense you know i guess we'll find out with um future work from the uh as dusk falls team they seem like they have potential um and if the kentucky Route zero guys ever do anything else that's probably one of the best best ones ever made mm-hmm. if you can again if you can get past that art style i, I mean i don't mind the art style of uh, kentucky Route zero it's very abstract pixel arty mm-hmm. there there are people who refuse to play that game because they just can't get past that how abstract it looks yeah uh, and i get that yeah um but if you can get through it kentucky Route zero is amazing um, there's a lot to choose from now. You yeah, know, even stuff as is, as is, is esoteric as like neo cab mm-hmm. or anything else. It's a booming genre right now. As long as you're willing to go find it. Yeah, you know it's not, not going to find it on the shelves of Walmart, but like, yeah, you know if you can find it and pay, you know, you, it's cheap. They're they're generally worth the money you're you're paying five ten bucks for some of these things, and you're just like, yeah, it's a good story. You know, eight hour story told pretty well with some nice art. Like, cool. Yeah, it's it's nice to have it back. Yeah. Um, I'm glad Ron Gilbert came back to do this. It's just, I don't know. I'm I'm I'll get to it, but like I just could not bring myself to look at that for hours this week. Yeah. Um. And also, I would definitely play on PC
0: as well. Like, yep.
1: Um. And again, Switch makes sense because of the interface, but yeah, I'm gonna yeah WPC pick.
0: For yep. Me. Again, PC and Switch only. It's also 25 bucks, which feels about right for me. I've played. Like five hours, roughly, of it. It doesn't seem like it's anywhere near reaching the end. I don't know how long the game is ultimately, but I'll, I'll be. I think I've got my money's worth out of it already at twenty five bucks. So um, I think the price is right. Um, let's see if you guys have been playing it at all. Arvis yes. Jones asked if uh, Murray's in it. Murray, yes, Murray is in it. And there's there's a bunch of cameos but there's also a ton of new characters the new characters are great too um they do do a great job of introducing new characters that you remember and you care about um, and they develop them pretty well throughout the course of the game and there are tons of prior characters there are easter eggs if you're a fan of these games this game is loaded with easter eggs like i got probably 60 percent of them the other 40 percent, mm. like right over my head so if you're hardcore into this series I think you're going to like this game a lot. Um, Magister Cato. thank you for Twitch Prime. While well, I'm scrolling up here. Um, okay. Never heard of this. Looks like one of those games you'd be clicking the screen for an hour hoping something would work. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how these old school point and click games work. A lot of your time, like, after you play them for a long time, like, I just take my mouse and I just do this. Just back and forth all the way down the screen until you see something, like, pop up really quickly. And then you stop. Um, there are ways to play these games, so to speak, that uh, will help you cut out some of the downtime that you normally spend playing them. Uh, but that you learn after you play for a long time. Um, AJ, the Legend Watson, what's your favorite point and click of all time? Jeez, the, the longest journey. I mean, very well named game, by
1: the way. It is long. It's, a long, it's, it's like a twenty-five hour point and click Which is game. Insane, but it's yeah. uh, it's a really good story. The sequels, not so much. But uh, that first Longest Journey, especially if you play the new kind of remastered one they did, mm-hmm. really good. I've, I've played through the Longest Journey to, com- like, the co- full game completion probably seven times. It's it's
0: one of my favorites. Um, and The Dig. It's not the best, but the one that has left the biggest impact on me throughout my life is mist. It's, like, the mm. first point-and-click I ever played. And it blew my mind because it... <laughs> For the time, the graphics because the CD because it was all CG pre rendered stuff. It was the best visuals you've ever seen when Miss came out. Although they're pre rendered when right, you don't realize when you're however old I was when it came out that they're cheating and this is all pre rendered. All you know is that what you're seeing on the screen is, like, mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that game left a That was another game where it took me a long time to be able to finish mm-hmm. it. And it would take, like, running into somebody else who was playing it. You're like, oh, I'm stuck on this puzzle. And they're like, well, I got through that, and this is how you do it. Like, there used to be that communal part of playing games that these games were a big part of. Um, and so MIST, I guess, would be. But I think I like a lot of the more recent stuff. We've talked about a couple adventure games here on Game Face just from this year that I really mm-hmm. liked. If you want
1: stuff that's uh, you know not quite as obvious, pick and that I would say like oh you might not have heard of this, but give it a try. I would say uh, time lapse is a really good Mister alike, which is on Steam. They actually did remaster that's from like '97 or something. Yeah, but they did remaster put it on Steam. You got to do a lot of like hieroglyphic translation. It's it's very very weird. Uh, not weird, but it, like, demands some stuff of you, and I mm-hmm. like that. And if you want, if you liked Murray the the Skull in Monkey Island, give uh, Journeyman Project 2 Buried in Time a chance. There's an AI personality in that that is very
0: similar that is a lot of fun. That game's a lot of fun. It's a time travel. Thing. Yeah. I really liked The Witness, too. That was a great adventure game. But that was almost all... Oh, I hate, no. You didn't what? like The Witness. That's, A, I wouldn't call that a adventure game in this vein. Because it had no, no story. story. Yeah. And,
1: B, fuck those line puzzles. No, really, like you I, didn't like it. I mean, I, it's fine. But after a while, when I realized that's all it was, yeah. I'm like, oh, no. No, we're not. I got back halfway. I, no, I did actually finish that game like a year later. Yeah. But, like, I was so so over it. Like, I don't care about your stupid line. Like, I can just buy a book of line puzzles <laughs> if I want to do that. But
0: it is a new style of puzzle in the adventure genre. I would like to see yeah, games like this incorporate, th- like- Throw four of them in, but right. don't
1: make me do 400 of them. Right. Like, no, right. that, that was dumb. I hated The Witness after... By the end of The Witness, I hated The Witness. <laughs> <laughs> it got hard, I it thought. It was very hard. It was, yeah, it was, I mean, the puzzles were re- the real deal, mm-hmm. but they were all the same fucking thing. They and, were. like, I was done with concept. that shit. Like, no, yeah. like absolutely go that go that hard and, and do that kind of esoteric thing but like more than one type of puzzle
0: please yeah no interest in, in doing that again yep so there you go there's return to Mur- murky island to monkey island um again it's only available for pc and switch it will eventually come to other platforms i'm not sure if nintendo signed some kind of a deal or if they were just like the switch makes the most sense for this, this genre um but it will eventually come to other platforms i don't know when i don't think they have really announced anything about it um So for now, if you want to pick it up, 25 bucks, PC and Switch. And again, if you're a fan of old school, point and clicks, I say get it. If not, maybe go back and play one that you can find for like a dollar. And if it (coughs) resonates with you or like, this is kind of cool, then maybe you give more consideration to Return to Monkey Island. That's the way I'd look at it anyway. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the biggest game debut of this week. A franchise that I believe Matt and I may have just completely written off. This, This came out? What came out? The, what we're about to talk about? No, it's not out. Okay. They just debuted it. They for debuted the first, it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. and so that I was game, like, did I completely miss this or what? <laughs> nope. And that game is Need for Speed Unbound. The brand new Need for Speed now back in the hands of Criterion, Matt, where it should have been all along. Were you aware that they dissolved Ghost Games? Yes, I did know I that. had not somehow i, I, missed did, I that. do
1: remember i wouldn't have remembered it until you said that but yes i remember reading about that for some reason
0: that went right over my head i completely missed that ghost games if you're not familiar is a studio that had made the last you you, just, you weren't doing your daily ghost games devotional <laughs> when you woke up yeah they made around i don't know the last four or five yeah, they made several they were alternating for a while but then ghost games pretty much took the franchise yeah over. since 2013 i believe it's since it's been since criterion made a need for speed game yeah criterion Ghost Games Definitely. none of their games ever got above like a 7 metacritic. No, they, none, of those, none of their games ever got above
1: about 7 hours From of me. Like time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even when I got them for like 5 bucks. Yeah. Um I went back recently and I played the like the remastered version of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit that Criterion did in like like 2011 or 2010 or whatever uh-huh. it was. That game still holds up. They Criterion all do. Criterion knows how to make make a good
0: all Criterion's games hold up. Yeah. They, they all do. I wish they'd go make Burnout again, but yeah. this is good, too. Now, co- now, by the way, Criterion has been bolstered by EA's acquisition of Codemasters. So, now, Codemasters Cheshire is a part of Criterion as well. So, they're actually... The studio has actually been built out. And you gotta remember, Criterion works on, like, Battlefield and all these shooters and stuff. Like, it hasn't really... It's been eight years or nine years since it worked on a new Need for Speed game, and here it is. What have they been
1: doing in the meantime?
0: Working on Battlefield. They were like a utility Uh, developer uh, for EA. What a waste. This game is built on the Frostbite engine, Matt. Of course it is. Why are they doing it? Why do they keep bringing this god-awful engine back? I don't know. I mean, it was kind of
1: built for stuff like this originally. the, The two things in mind were basically Battlefield and Need for Speed. Yeah. And it struggles to do anything else. Yeah. Well, um,
0: Criterion was handling, like, all the vehicle stuff in the Battlefield yeah. franchise. Um, so it's worked, obviously, on the, the Frostbite engine. It's an with an interesting vehicles. art style choice. So it It works. So the cars, they... Is what EA's calling the most realistic in franchise history. However... <laughs> Minus and, the graffiti. Well, that's things. the other thing. Yeah. So the other thing is that there's these crazy, like, graffiti overlays. And they're actually a part of gameplay. So as you start building up your heat or whatever you your car will toss off those anime trails or those graffiti trails off the back of the car as you start going faster now one thing to keep in mind is you can turn it off if you want to it's optional you don't have to have it in the game if you don't want to but then the game kind of loses its charm how do you feel though about these cartoon characters Walking around these realistic cars and environments, does that work for you? It's fine. It, it, is it shocking? It's shocking to me that it works somehow. Yeah, like they they figured. I like out the,
1: it. They figured out the balance on it. Although it kind of actually kind of reminds me of Initial D, a little um, bit, because you know those are very you know very standard hand drawn anime characters, uh-huh. uh, and they drive around in CG versions of real cars. And yeah, so that I, I think initial d has laid the groundwork for me visually on this to the point that i don't question that when i see it mm-hmm. so i think that that's and that's a you know i'm sure that was in their mind when they when they did that i think it, it looks like it works it be, better that than like the weird uncanny valley realistic characters they've tried to push right through the series in the past i mean matt this series has been so abysmal like the yeah. campaigns and stuff like that didn't work and the, the things were like the still photo characters didn't work yeah. and like like this seems like something that that can actually abstracts to the point that you can kind of identify with some of these people. Yep,
0: agreed. So like it, yeah, I think that works for me. Um they've worked in cooperation with ASAP Rocky on this game. In fact, there's an entire mode in the game um that he supposedly came up with the idea for. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that or not. Um some people in chat have brought up something that I also noticed which is the art style reminds me of Street Fighter 6.
1: Yeah, the legacy and Barry Six. Lomax
0: both also said that. I also have it in, in my notes here. It is very much in line with what they're doing with Street Fighter Six. Um it's also a little uh, Jet Set Radio in there. Yeah, a little bit for sure. Um, the way the game works is and a little bit.
1: I don't want to be mean to the game, but every once in a while, when something pops up with the with a sketch drawing, I think of that uh, Drawn to Death game. No, which uh,
0: other people brought that up in chat too. Actually. I'm sure this is better yeah. than Drawn to Death. <laughs> I, I hope so I'm not, I
1: don't I don't I don't want to be mean to Criterion.
0: Yeah. ASAP Rocky's mode is called, the ta- it's called Takeover Scene. It basically uh, You basically are trying to take over parts of Lakeshore, a little bit like Grand Theft Auto. Um, but that's not how the bulk of the game works. Um, basically, you go to what are called meetups. And a big part of the game is showing off your style. So you saw in the B-roll, you can actually choose what flourishes come off of your car. It's something that you actually equip on your car. Uh, which could be pretty cool. Um, I wonder if they'll start selling those as like DLC. That sounds like EA. Because a big part of this game is like being around yeah. other players and <laughs> showing off. the
1: supreme smoke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and then obviously this game has wraps and all the cutouts and all the other crap that goes along with tuner car culture. Um, basically the idea is that when you take a lead in a race, you want to be able to fire off your your exclusive or your very rare flair that you have built around your car. Um, It is a free-roaming open-world game, and as I mentioned earlier, it is set in an an area, a fictional area called Lake Shore. Um, Its emphasis on art and graffiti extends to the gameplay, as we said, with the burst nitrous boost that you get rewarded for stylish driving. As I said, you can turn it on or off if you want to. There's an offline single-player mode so you can play this game by yourself you don't have to be connected to the internet to play the campaign in this which seems silly to mention but it's not a given for this, anymore no,
1: for this series in particular
0: yep that's an important caveat for this franchise in in particular as matt said um there is cross play but not cross progression which i'm not sure i understand why that would be the case
1: mm. they're not Sharing's, the same thing sharing obviously. saves is different than putting people
0: from different platforms in, this, in the same lobby i guess yeah um there's no cockpit view in the game because they want to force you to see the cars because a big part of this is obviously tricking Mm -hmm. out your car also that's less work yep because you don't have to construct the cockpits yep it makes it takes a lot of work off the plate um although i tend to play
1: with hood cam so maybe they won't be happy about that i think
0: there is a bumper cam in this okay
1: yeah i i am much better from a I don't play in cockpit view because it uses too much screen real estate. Agree. I don't. Play, I, I don't use it either. But I play with the, if I can. I'll play with a camera on the hood, basically, because that is what I see when I drive. Yeah. Like like that is where my my mental like center point is. Not I'm not seeing the cockpit. I'm seeing through the windshield and like my yeah. my, my my point of view is sort of out there. So that's what, what feels the most like driving to me. I I have a harder time driving third person.
0: Yep. Um, The way the game works is you must buy into each race and you can win your money back and then some, or you can lose it. So there's a gamble with each race that you take part in. Um, Every single race also gives you a little bit of heat that builds up as you keep competing. Um, Essentially, you end up banking heat and that allows you to make some huge gambles with really big money and big bets. Um, So there's a risk reward system built into this where you're putting money down. And I, I don't it seems like they're hinting at, eventually, you could bet things like cars on races. You're really counting on your yeah. internet not <laughs> crap in the bed in that case. Uh, but I like games like that that give you stakes where you can Proterians actually bet. Always
1: had always had a thing about racing for racing for slips. Yeah. Like they've always liked that concept.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, if you want some white-knuckle racing, that'll do it, man. You build up a car for a couple of weeks and then put it on the line in a race, that'll make you sweat. Um You can also make smaller bets if you want to. You don't have to bet big. um, But the side bets are designed so that you target very specific opponents inside the game. So if you have a rival or whatever, you can use the side bets to take them on and not lose as much money if you actually lose the race. Um, As I said, the game does include what they're calling, quote, unquote, an immersive narrative. This terrifies me based Uh upon the immersive narratives in prior Need for Speed games. Uh, the plot is that two friends are torn apart by a robbery at a family auto shop. And basically, it's your job to go and reclaim the priceless car that's stolen from the auto shop. Um, they're claiming that they've fleshed out all the characters this time. And that there are little story arcs for each one of them that show off their personalities and their style via their car customization. But Matt. I'm really skeptical that this can be... I mean, I'm sure
1: those will be there, but will I care about any of it? That's, a, that's another question.
0: Probably
1: not. They, you know, I mean, what I would love to see them do is, like, tackle sort of... Uh, trying to create, like, a narrative in the world that the original Need for Speeds had. Because one of the things I miss is, like, for the original Need for Speed 3, those tracks in that game did not exist in our world. Like, there was Atlantica and a bunch of fantastical places... That like work maybe near futury or like cyber. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a Need for Speed that takes place in that world. Yeah, that doesn't lean so hard into sort of existing like a cyberpunk Need for Speed. That'd be great. Um, which I think, most of them look like. Which this. I think would have worked pretty well <laughs> with this art style they're going for. Yeah. Well, this um, is another.
0: This is an old Need for Speed game here we're seeing now. Yeah. But it doesn't look that dissimilar to what we just saw, does it? No. Minus it's the graffiti a, flourishes. It's always this nighttime and driving yeah. through wet streets and. <laughs> yep. And then here's Need for Speed Payback, another oldie. Oh, Payback was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> the campaign
1: in this one was so bad. I mean, look, I mean, this is cool that they're getting cr- 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 Criterion back and all that, but I mean, I'll be honest, I'd rather just pay thirty bucks for a collection of Need for Speed Three remastered
0: and like Underground One and Two. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, pretty much. Yeah, I think it does feel like they're trying to capture a little bit of the Underground. There's a little bit in there, but like, I doubt the
1: tuning will be on the level of that. Yeah. Um, also, Underground's fun because it's it's weird to think of it now because when Underground came out, it felt like it was the first time Need for Speed really like caught up with the modern like culture of mm-hmm. the car stuff. get kind of like oh, they're they're actually acknowledging the tuning culture and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and sort of the, the Japanese influence that that had come around on that. Um, and now it's like, oh, that's really nostalgic <laughs> like, to to play that now and be like, oh, I remember that. It's like watching the first Fast and the Furious where like I remember seeing Fast and the Furious one in the theater and there was nothing weird or funny about like kind of the, the car meetup like shots and like those. Yeah. yeah, it was just like, oh, yeah, that's just what that looks like if you go to one of those things and now it's like this weird time capsule of like people dressed like that. Yeah. Like that's a thing. That was a thing. Okay, sure. Why not? Um, Like it's, it's unbelievable that that was a thing. It's like, it's like watching, you know, for younger people watching eighties movies now where they're like, what are they wearing? I'm like, look, no one thought the sweaters were weird then. Yeah. Like, no, I, I swear to God, in 1988, people were dressed like a John Hughes movie, and no one blinked. No, everybody, like, was, everyone was dressed that way. Yeah, all, and the, haircuts were all the bangs looked like that. Like, everybody did all this. Yeah, all the girls did that. All the guys had the weird slick, like. The, I had, all... like,
0: the Tony Hawk hair mm-hmm. over the one eye that was bleached yeah. blonde on the top. Like, yeah, <laughs> everybody it was... was a disaster. <laughs> and, like, if, if everyone's doing it, nothing looks weird. Yeah. Um, they, they did talk about the cops. The cops are a part of the game. Each cop vehicle requires a different strategy to take down or to get away from. Uh, just like real life. Yeah. There are full-on <laughs> high heat chases and takedowns, which is something that's been a part of the franchise yeah, for a long time. Yeah, there's no takedowns, time. why even got Criterion involved? Yeah. That's um, what they do. You can set the aggression of the cops to make the experience exactly what you want it to be. And to make it even easier, you can also use a police scanner or a spotter mechanic to help ease the heat as well. So it sounds like you can basically create whatever experience you want with the cops in this. Um, you had mentioned earlier you didn't think the car tuning was going to be that intense. It is though. The car in this is like going to be crazy intense. Yeah, okay,
1: but is it going to be? They say intense, and this is like okay, crank everything up to the maximum and oh. call it a day. Like, it's <laughs> like you know, like you can do whatever you want, but there's really only one thing you want to do. Yeah. You know, just crank everything up.
0: Well, this is going to have car tiers like Forza Horizon, which I think is the way that most people expect car liveries mm-hmm. to be organized inside video games now so i think that's smart um as i mentioned that earlier is way too low sir <laughs> like you need to pull up uh as i mentioned earlier wraps and tons of customization are be a big part of everything um they won't say how many cars there are they'll only say that there's a lot they also haven't really said whether there's licensed cars or not and now that i he think about it, it
1: what a tour this this series is yeah at this point. <laughs> it like, just
0: runs the gamut that was neat for speed heat we were yeah. about to check out there but i wanted to go back here to see if these cars are actually licensed in this trailer yeah they, they are do mm-hmm. they have the badges and stuff I or are they, they just look i mean i
1: think they do i mean that's hard to tell with the custom jobs because a lot of times they remove the badges right but, it looked uh, like
0: i just saw a mercedes logo it looked like
1: the mercedes grill in the of mercedes. okay
0: so it looks like they are licensed then that's
1: good I um, can't imagine they'd make a Need for Speed game without licensed cars.
0: You wouldn't it's, think always, but done you that. never know. I mean, they did get Porsche in there not long ago, which is a big deal. They had um, Porsche in the f- third one,
1: yeah, the fourth or the fourth one. That was the spinoff Porsche, but unleashed. then
0: it disappeared for a long time. Yeah, because
1: Porsche just stopped licensing their stuff to anybody for yeah. a long time, or, they, or it was exorbitantly expensive. Yeah, then they got it back with the reboot. I mean, man, Porsche, Porsche has, has licensed their stuff to Transformers now, which no one ever thought would happen. Yeah. Times um, are changing. For years Ferrari, and used to years. Be the same way. Yep. They used to go. They went to them for uh, for the license when they were making the vinyl techs in the mid two thousands. And Porsche said um, no and never ask again. Porsche didn't <laughs> want to be associated. Did. They didn't want to be associated with war toys. Yeah, because Porsche. Porsche. Porsche was founded by Nazis. Was it really? I it, didn't know that. It's one of those old German, like, like Volkswagen. Like it was one of those old German things. They made they made Nazi vehicles. Oh god, yeah. Might I not have been. Volkswagen. I don't think they were founded by Nazis, but they they made German vehicles at the time. Volkswagen was founded by. Hitler. I mean, the Volkswagen Beetle was Hitler's idea. Yeah. Um. But eventually, Volkswagen started licensing stuff out and starts doing that, and they're like, oh, Porsche, but Porsche is owned by Volkswagen, but. They get to do whatever they want with their license. well, so because I can't tell them what to do. And now they're licensed in everything. They've come back in racing games. They're the main character in the new Transformers movie is a Porsche. Like, it's all, they've, they're, so I don't know if somebody new took over, but Porsche is back and they want to be in the shit. So, cool. Um, for a long time, I remember that was like, I think, Need for, I think somebody had the Porsche exclusive in the driving simulator. I think it was like Gran Turismo
0: had that. Well, like, Lamborghini used to not license it. You had to make a game just about Lamborghinis. Right,
1: I remember that. And then Ferrari kept that. Was that the
0: N64 game, Automobili-Lamborghini? Was that N64?
1: That sounds about right, yeah. I think so. For for a while, you couldn't get the, or you you had, they were doing the same thing they did with Porsche in some of those games, where you didn't have Porsche or Lamborghini, but you had those, like, tuner custom companies that made their own versions of them. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have, like, a that You had a Celine. Right. It was was that kind of thing. (laughs) You you got to, you 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 got around
0: it that way. They find ways to get around it. Um, the multiplayer mode is very typical for most Criterion racers. You basically drive around the open world and meet up with your friends and you can ping race requests and playlists to your friends or they can ping them to you and then you can choose whether you want to join them or not and then seamlessly you join the races. That's something that Criterion's games have had for a while. Really no need to improve or change. It works great. It has in the past. Um, And they also said that there are tons of free content updates coming after launch that run the full gamut. So they said expect, you know, plenty of new territory plenty of new cars all the kind of stuff that you want and then the kicker matt is that this game comes out on december 2nd wow nowhere it comes out december 2nd and it's next gen only so it's ps5 xbox series and pc that's Hmm. it so no last gen versions doesn't really look like it's Hmm. next gen only
1: one Supermaster Gamer makes a good point. What? Where's Midnight Club? Oh, yeah. Pactor. Yeah, Pactor's been talking about it for literally six or seven years. Still hasn't shown up. Maybe it's on that Xbox Keystone thing.
0: <laughs> could be. Thing. Yeah, it yeah, could yeah, that's be. where it's hiding. <laughs> it could be. Um, are you excited for this? I don't know if excited's the word, but I'll play it. Yeah, I mean, we have another kind of. I've been waiting for a game, game for, for, for speed now.
1: for a very long time.
0: Yeah, EA pulled a Bethesda with this. Yeah. They're showing it, and then two months later, out it comes. Good, I'm into that. Yeah, me too. I wish more developers and publishers yeah. did this. I'm, so, I'm happy with that. I'm excited for it. I think it looks like a vast improvement over the last few Need for Speed games. It's just the fact yeah. that Criterion is developing it. That's a big that's a difference. Big plus. The last Need for Speed game I, I really I liked was probably Most Wanted. The
1: second most wanted which yeah. makes it even weirder because yeah, the two Criterion led games were re- were used the titles of old Need for Speed games in a very different game, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, their Criterion's Hot Pursuit and Most Wanted were very good, yeah, uh, and that was
0: about it for over a decade, yeah, <laughs> like yep, since 2013, it's been yep. since we got a really good one, so um, it's good to see Need for Speed back on the radar. And it's, I love that they've announced it, and we're getting it in a couple of months. We have another big game to talk about in December, and we need as many of those as we can get, Matt. <laughs> uh, for that first week episode, and then the second week, we do our Game of the Year. So we, we always need at least a few games to get through that first December episode before we get mm-hmm. to the Game of the Year episode. Uh, but anyway, there you go. That's Need for Speed Unbound again, coming only to next-gen PS5 and Xbox Series They're going to run PC. out of
1: extreme one word subtitles at this time Unbound.
0: Range. I mean, did they make that word up?
1: No, that's a thing. Unbound. Is it? Prometheus unbound is a thing. It's it's a classic word.
0: Yeah. Not used very often anymore though.
1: No, no. That's they're they're scraping. Because the they barrel. are running
0: out of extreme words to use for their games. <laughs> next next up's
1: need for speed limitless. Yeah. I mean uh, Does
0: that not exist already?
1: <laughs> maybe I mean it Need might. for Speed No Limits? <laughs> that's I don't know.
0: I think there might be one. Need for speed fearless. Yeah. You could just keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's they still have Um, options. They can come to us, the Duh Consulting Company. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about games as a service, and the reason it's come up this week is because I think we may have even mentioned this on Game Face a couple weeks ago. There was a game as a service created by Platinum Games, which we typically <laughs> really love. Need for Speed No Limits was a mobile game, so. Oh, it wasn't a, a mobile game. Done. So that was already done. I, I kind of figured. I thought there was one actually, um, but anyway, Platinum Games, usually a developer that we love. They create Bayonetta and a bunch of other no. really great hack and slash games. Uh, they got a good rep. They do, yeah. but haven't really made a barn burner for a while. No, I, I, I. I find Platinum
1: to be maybe the most overrated developer in the it's industry.
0: It's getting there, yeah. And now, Bayonetta after Bayonetta three game. better hit, dude. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't mean be a
1: like a. I think Bayonetta three is going to tank. Yeah, uh, but I I I mean a hit for me. I want
0: I want right. to like it. Yeah, Bayonetta three to me is kind of their last next last chance to like prove to me that they can still make a great game. Yeah. And if they don't, with Bayonetta 3, with all Nintendo's money. Well, the good
1: news is they're going to keep going, even if they don't. I mean, right. Tri- Near Automata 2 not going is going to happen. Yeah. It's gonna still, yeah, but. Yep.
0: Um, so, anyway, Platinum made a game in cooperation with Square and it's called Babylon's Fall. It was an action RPG game as a service where you just basically played through these linear gauntlets and you fight a boss at the end and you just rinse and repeat and do it all over again. Um, it i think it's metacritic average ended up being like a five or something something like that Yeah, and we've skewered it pretty good here on game face it did not get good reviews and it didn't take long after that until square enix said that it will be canceled after being on the market and available less than a year after launch um the thing was that platinum had already made a bunch of dlc for the game and had finished it so square enix is like you might as well release the stuff that you've already finished um well Finally, Platinum has released a statement about the game, and it's a little feisty, I guess is a good way to put it. It doesn't sound like Platinum believes that a lot of the problems with Babylon's Fall were its fault. Let me, in fact, let me just get the B roll roll in here for Babylon's Fall because.
1: Well, then whose fault were it? People
0: they? need to see this game, <laughs> or not see this game. A Platinum Games CEO at Subianaba in an interview with VGC, and it's curated on Sifted if you want to go read the whole interview, he said, there are two pillars, so to speak, that we can look at internally for our development teams, that being the people within the same company. The first is just the sheer fun of the core game mechanics that you have in the live service game. And secondly, performing the live service itself. I think these two pillars are values that need to be strongly connected internally and need to be viewed, treasured, and valued by the same people on the same team At the very same company. Otherwise, if one of these is valued over the other, or if they're not connected, things usually don't turn out the way we would have wanted them to. We want to focus on keeping that connection and that balance between those two pillars moving forward. So basically what he's saying is Square Enix screwed this game up. Now, I don't believe him. Mm -hmm. Because you can look at the game (laughs) <laughs> and you can yeah, see the game sucks. The game like sucks. It, like I
1: don't know if some of that was just because Square was rushing or but like I don't. At no point during Babylon's Fall did I see a reason this game existed. Like I didn't see anything underneath all of it that made me think like, oh, this is why they thought this would be a good idea. Like, I don't know whose fault that is, but uh I think everyone sucks here.
0: To me, the major, the major thing about it is, or the major. Like you can't even read the title yeah.
1: against the background.
0: there. The major mistake that Square Enix made with this game was signing this game to publish it. Yeah, was looking at this game and thinking it was a good idea. Well, like who
1: who made the game? Like was did Platinum make it? Platinum and, made the and game. Found Square to publish it. No, and they Platinum
0: said, made the game, and, and Square was like, it. "We're going to graft
1: a game as a service thing onto right. it." Or, right.
0: Right. You know. Basically, Platinum is intimating that so, Square Enix handled the game as a service part, right? And that that's where it got screwed up. No, the, the problem is the game sucked. Right. Like, even you take the game as a
1: service stuff Out away, of it. it was boring. It was still a boring game. And I don't Like, I don't know. Did, Poorly developed. Did the game as a service implementation force you to make the combat stupid? Right. Because that was the problem. Did the like, game
0: as a service make the graphics awful? Yeah,
1: like, did you did you throw out all your level design and just like procedurally generate a bunch of boring half assed dungeons? Because to, like, Square Enix told you to. Because They told you to do that. Like, what? Yeah. Like, I don't understand what he's saying. I mean, I guess that's possible.
0: I mean, the bottom line here is that Square is that, Enix will never work with Platinum again. I if mean, they would work, not with them because this game was so terrible. It's now because of the statements that the CEO of Platinum mm-hmm. Games made about the partnership that they have with Square Enix.
1: Yeah, and honestly, like, what do they lose? by not Who? doing that. Square Enix Square. or
0: Platinum? Square.
1: Yeah. Like, they don't... You know, it's not like Platinum's games burn the charts up every time. They never have. No.
0: I can't think of a single Platinum I to, game. I, that's, I mean, Nier Autonomous sold well yeah, for, first, for a Platinum game. The first Bayonetta sold pretty well. Yeah. Otherwise... published Square published
1: Nier Autonomous?
0: Yes. Yeah, so maybe we don't get a th- second one of those. That makes you wonder, does it not? Yeah. It, it really does make you wonder. Because he's fe- it feels like he's burning bridges here. But the reason I wanted to talk about this is... I'm not saying Square doesn't deserve some criticism. I mean, they. Right. Yeah, I'm sure they did their share of making
1: this stupid, but um, I don't know. Like the game as a service was just sort of like extra frosting on the on the Sunday on this one. Like it just
0: it was already a bad game. I guess the what this spurred on for me is, and what I want to discuss is what's more important to games as a service: the game itself. Or the way the game as a service is handled. And look, this is going to happen again. Square Enix is going to publish some other developer's game that's probably going to be a game as a service. Don't forget, Square Enix published Outriders. Right. Another game as a service where we thought the game was good and we thought the way that they handled the service part of the game was good. So it's hard for me to imagine that Square Enix did great with this game. But when it came to work with Platinum on Babylon's Fall, suddenly it had no clue what it was doing and couldn't handle a game as a service anymore. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me, Matt.
1: No, I think the—I mean, look, I think he is right when he says that both of those things have to work in synchronicity properly. Which, but I th- And I think they more or less do on Outriders. I think it's just a very crowded market. Yeah. And it's very hard to break, and it's very hard to, to stand out and give people an example of, like, oh, I should play this because it looks cooler, it looks different. Yeah. Um, Because Outriders doesn't. Outriders looks like kind of just another shooter, just another sort of third-person shooter-looking thing. Uh, But it is fun to play once you get your hands on it, I think. Um, Yeah. Babylon's Fall, on the other hand, there's nothing interesting about looking at that game, top to bottom. Like, there's nothing about that you look at and you're like, oh, I I really want to play that brown thing with character models on the PS3. Like, that's not a thing someone's going to say. And it was, as I recall, it was full price. Yeah. The other thing, too, is if you look at Bungie with Destiny...
0: So it launched... Destiny being the er example of how to do it right Well, after a while. But if you listen to Bungie, so they launched the first game with a partner. They mm-hmm. then basically decide that they need to change or whatever. They launched a second game also with a partner. They finally shed Activision Blizzard, and suddenly they come out and they're saying, like, wow, working with them was screwing us over. We did not share the vision for the game or the project. It sounds a lot like the stuff that we're hearing from Platinum mm-hmm. working with Square Enix on Babylon's Fall. And so, again, I think the question becomes, like, what is more important? Is it that the game is great, or is it how they handle the nuts and bolts of the game as a service?
1: I mean, like I said before about Overwatch, I think if you're if it's a good game, people are going to play it, and they'll, at the very least, put up with... They'll fight through, right? ...the extra layer of monetization.
0: Yeah. Now, I think where you really start getting into dangerous territory is when... The publisher is also telling you how to make the game. Yeah. And they're doing more than just figuring out how it's going to be monetized, what content is, go- is going to be available when, all that kind of stuff. And it may be that Platinum is like, you know what? Like, this, this DLC that we have here, we wanted that in the base game. And Square Enix is like, no, no, no. That's season one. That's season two. That's season, th- I don't know. But I'm trying to understand why Platinum would be putting the blame. On Square Enix for this, it's hard for me to see where it's Square Enix's fault, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Um, even in light of some of the stuff that Bungie has said in the past with work working with Activision and some of the other partners that it's had to work with on Destiny, basically saying yeah. it's held it back.
1: And it, I mean, in a sense, it, it feels like he's making uh, the argument backwards, where he's talking about like them not sharing their enthusiasm, like or their their vision for Babylon's Fall, where it's like, what vision? What, like? How do you share enthusiasm for something that generic? Yeah. Like, that's the problem. It's like, yeah. they didn't believe in the product. Like, why would they? I, I don't even know why they chose to publish it.
0: Yeah. That, that game was terrible.
1: I, and I, I can't believe that was all Square's fault.
0: Yeah. I feel like the game itself is what gets people to buy it in the right. first place. But if you really want the game to be a live service, that stuff... Without it being done well, it never happens in the game flounders. Mm-hmm. So I don't know which is more important, to be perfectly honest with you, the Matt. The game is more important. If it's not fun to play, you're not going to Then you don't get the people around. to buy it in the first place yeah. to even try. Or the, stay with it.
1: Right. Why would I spend money on something I don't
0: enjoy? I don't know. Some of the wizardry that they do with monetization practices and things like that, you'd be surprised at some of the games True, find but that find That
1: seems to work better for mobile games than for like console and PC stuff.
0: Yeah. AJ The Legend Watson is asking, in circumstances like this, who takes the bigger hit financially or reputation-wise, the publisher or the developer?
1: I would say the publisher takes a bigger financial hit, but the developer takes the bigger reputation hit.
0: Because, let's be honest... Most people don't know who developed either one of these games. Yeah. They don't know who developed
1: Outriders. I would argue it doesn't matter in terms of this, in terms of Babylon's Fall, because I forget that it fucking happened.
0: Or that Platinum made it. Most people
1: don't even know who Platinum is. If he didn't bring that, if the Platinum guy didn't bring it up, I would never have thought of Babylon's Fall again.
0: Right. (laughs) It was just out of my mind. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. But I think ultimately the publisher takes the bigger hit. I think that's who people look at. It's, It gets the bigger splash screen. It gets the bigger logo on the box art. Not that a lot of these games even have boxes or box art. But the publisher is generally more high profile in partnerships like this than the developer is. And I would argue only the people who watch Game Face and use Sifted even know who platinum is most people who buy video games do not know that platinum is this developer in no, japan platinum is i mean platinum definitely has the the, the hardcore gamer ref,
1: you know, reputation mm-hmm. but most people don't even know and most of those people again i do think they're the most overrated developer probably working today um like uh, babylon's fall is one of the first times in a long time that i've reacted to a platinum game and felt like i didn't feel crazy because everyone else is like, oh yeah, it sucks, and like I was like, yeah,
0: <laughs> wait, but, the, the last one did too. <laughs> they're, they're all kind of like this, you know. It's, it's
1: just more obvious here because you run through the same five corridors every every level. Yeah. Um. But like, but every even like people that are big platinum fans acknowledge that there's like an A team and a B team, you know, yeah. or maybe more like a A team and a C team, like you know, there's. Uh, or maybe that A team is more like the B team now and there's like a F team I don't know yeah um but like even the people that that Adore Platinum admit that there's like good and bad platinum yeah you know like there's there they're excited about near Automata because that was like the, the the main team and then like they hand the license crap off to the to the D team, yeah. Um, the D team is how you get things like that uh, Legend of Korra game, yeah. And you know, maybe this one. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't I think know enough about. You could throw
0: on that pile as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know about enough about the internal workings of Platinum to know one way or the other. All I know is this game always looked terrible. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, uh, which is like amazing to me because like I don't have a lot of enthusiasm for Platinum stuff for the most part anyway. But like when I saw Astral Chain and didn't think it looked very good. But then I played it, and I didn't like it very much. But it was better than I thought it, it would was. It was creative. It was least, yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. They had an interesting mechanic. Although now we know that that chain mechanic was somewhat lifted from uh, Scalebound. Uh, there was a little bit. Of, there was a Scalebound mechanic that was similar to that that they basically recycled. Oh right, that was going to happen. Yep. Um, which is cool. You know, like yeah, use your ideas, or you're not going to be able to use them in something else. Um, but I was like, okay, like, I get it. Like, you know, like, I don't like Astral Chain very much, but like, I understand like what they're doing and why they made this game and why the concept was unique and why Nintendo would have been interested and why people think it's, it's, you know, something cool. Cause like, if it, if it resonates for you, then it's like, yeah, there's nothing else quite like it. Mm-hmm. There's everything like this. Yeah. Like now, that's, how- that's the weirdest thing about this game in terms of Platinum's, uh, you know, catalog is usually there's a... Th- I, mean, I know that has, like, the floaty weapons behind you doing, like, you pull out the different weapons whenever you want, and it has, like, kind of the, the, the telekinetic thing going on, but, like, it just doesn't feel like there's any reason for this game to exist.
0: Matt, it, uh, how do you explain Marvel's Avengers? So, the game itself was good, I thought, and fun to play, and I enjoyed playing it all the way through mm-hmm. the campaign until... It got to the point where the game as a service stuff kicked in, and that was handled so poorly that I didn't play again. And so, as a game as a service, it failed for me mm-hmm. because of the game as a service stuff, not because of the game part.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, so again, going back sure. to like which is more important to making a game as a service more successful? Like, I really think it's like fifty-fifty. Um, well, again, I, th- I think you just said the same thing. The game wasn't good. Like the game. No, I thought. The game was good. Marvel's Um, Avengers
1: was good. The campaign was, but that's only half the game. Yeah. Like, beyond that, you have to have a reason to keep playing, and there was no reason to keep playing.
0: Right, because they handled the game-as-a-service part horribly.
1: But, like, it wasn't just the game-as-a-service part. It was that the game didn't hold up to continued play. Like, you can go through all that stuff once in the campaign, and that's cool, but then when you realize you've got to go back to that same forest area over and over every day for daily quests and all that stuff... like. I can do that in other games, like Destiny I'll do that, and the areas are interesting, the enemies are fun to fight, like, you know, the, the gameplay feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, in Avengers, I was just doing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. and it was very obvious I was doing the same thing over and over again. And I guess there was an element of, like, minimal progress, but the other thing was like, there was nothing to progress towards. Like in Destiny, I'm getting new weapons, I'm, I'm getting new armor, I'm getting new interesting things, I'm looking different, I'm you know, piecing together different abilities, that kind of thing. In uh, Avengers, it was like, well, if you'd grind this for four weeks, you might be able to buy a new color costume. Yeah. It's like there's nothing there. And, like, yeah, that is part, partly game-as-a-service stuff. But also, even if it was like, you know, I played, I gr- grinded through, like, the end-game stuff in Spider-Man on PS4 to get all the rest of the costumes and stuff and completely the side things and get all his different costumes and gadgets and stuff. And a lot of those weren't very useful to me in in-game, but... I wanted them because they look cool and were part of the kind of the, the kit, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I didn't care about any of that with the Avengers stuff. Yeah. Um, they didn't do enough to make that happen. And like that would have been true even if there was no game as a service and it was just here's a bunch of other Iron Man colors you can unlock if you keep playing Iron Man after the campaign is over. I wouldn't have done that either. Because yeah. it wasn't fun to keep going back to those things and doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You know, there needs to be more variety to it. And, like, they switch you up between characters in the in the campaign, so that helps a little bit. But it's not like going back to go back to Spider-Man again. You can have the same, you know, robbery or a little, like, you know, open world event in Spider-Man. And, like, that fight will unfold differently every time because there's so much variety in how that game the Combat plays. works, yeah. And Avengers simply doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's it, it. I think it does come down more to the game. Like by the time you finish the campaign, and then you're like, okay, pick a character and kind of you know master them and, and like unlock all their stuff. You're like, oh, there's not actually that much here. Yeah. Like it's enough to get you through the campaign, but after that, it's like, oh, this combat system is not actually that interesting. Once you get to a certain level, and you realize there's like, you know, you you have different ways to attack different types of enemies, but you have to do that the same way every time. It's just meh.
0: So how do you handle it to get it right, Matt? What is the formula that you use? Let's assume your game is good. Now, how do you handle the game as a service part of it to make sure people want to keep playing it? There is no formula. You don't think there's the formula established yet? No,
1: I don't think there is a formula, period. In part because I don't think there's room in the the market anymore.
0: So you don't think that the Overwatch 2 and League of Legends isn't a good model for other games to follow? I mean, I don't see how, because those games partly trade, trade on their
1: character-driven thing. Yeah. And, like, even that can't save you if you don't do it right, because Avengers, Avengers. is a very... Le- yeah. Although Avengers always had the problem where, like, people were maybe expecting MCU equivalents, and they got sort of their stunt doubles. Right. Um, which yeah. didn't bother me, didn't but help. it did bother yeah. a lot of other people. Um, it's, you know, it's tough. Uh, especially. What about
0: be- Destiny? Do you feel like it handles it... I think, good I think Destiny
1: be? got finally got around to it but Destiny is it different. Took it took a while yeah. De- but Destiny's different because they're the 800 pounds gorilla. Yeah. Like that's the thing is like the answer to this is do not try to compete with Destiny. Do not try to get into this market. There is no room. Yeah, no one's going to stop playing Destiny to play your stupid hack and slash game.
0: But they're all going to do it, Matt. I mean, you saw PlayStation is like, oh, we're going to have fifteen games as a service by two. There's money. There's money to be theoretically.
1: If you're an executive who doesn't play anything and doesn't actually understand anything other than the graphs you're being shown, yeah, there's money to be made there theoretically. Yeah, but you're not going to do. You're not going to. You're talking about investment of years with Destiny, like everything, or Warframe, or League of Legends, or anything like that is stuff that happened already you should be chasing the next big thing because we
0: don't know what the next big thing is drifter j brings up platinum games made a pvp game called anarchy reigns that was pretty good that could use a sequel oh i forgot about that one i don't too. know that it was pretty good i would though. not call that game
1: pretty <laughs> I think good that might be a little generous that was maybe one of the first <laughs> platinum games i bought because it was a platinum game and then i was like what is this crap like it was not yeah. did not make
0: a good impression and Vincent says the EV of a game as a service is high, but the chance you get nothing is high too. I don't know what the EV means. The what does EV stand for? I don't know. That's an acronym I do not recognize. Uh, entertainment value? Oh, that could be. Yeah, that, that must be what it is. Because yeah, you pay your money and you get you could play it for a really long time. It just depends on how sick you get of it. If you're someone who doesn't like to do the same thing over and over expected value. Expected value. Got you. Okay. Kind of the same thing. Um sneaky asked, "Do you think the last of us service game will do well? What would be its hook?" I don't think it's going to. No, well. I don't I don't think it will. I, th- <laughs> I'll be honest. I think it will have a big launch and <laughs> yep. and dwindle and, and that'll
1: be the end of it. Yeah.
0: All the naughty dog fans will buy it and they'll play it for and then it'll just be like the community that used to play like uncharted uncharted online yeah. or
1: of Us is
0: a very small group of very yeah. dedicated people who think it's awesome and everybody else is yeah. like you're crazy i do
1: remember when uh we were playing we went uncharted 2's multiplayer hit and I, I was when i still had an online group that we play every multiplayer thing and we grind all the achievements for everybody and like do all that stuff we got all the achievements multiplayer achievements for all the assassins creeds and halos and everything and and third fourth night of uncharted 2 multiplayer everybody just sort of stopped at one point and one of the guys who was sort of the leader of the group was like you guys want to just not do this anymore <laughs> yeah, and everyone yep. was like yeah yeah and we, that was
0: the end of uncharted 2 <laughs> and multiplayer that was it i never resonated with me either <laughs> i never, never really liked it and i don't begrudge anybody who does but i just i didn't think it was very good but um, yeah, I think it's not going to do well. I think out of the gate it'll sell well, and I think within a year, people most mm-hmm. the vast majority of people will forget it even exists. Um, uh, Erebus says this is like the MMO explosion. There just isn't enough people with enough time to support yep. this many games. It's a gold rush, and most people lose in a gold rush. You're, that's a great yep. way to put it. And like, in a gold rush, most people already have their claims. And the, you're right. The disappointing part about all this is and you the, look way, at, the way
1: to get the claim is to kill them and take it.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. the
1: equivalent of that would be <laughs> Sony buying Bungie. Right. Yeah.
0: Which is what happened. Yeah. The You think about all the resources that are going to go into these games as a service, just from Sony alone. And yeah. you think about like all these studios that are spending their time on this stuff that could be making... Single player games. Mm-hmm. And and also why
1: why is Destiny still being allowed to exist sort of independently of Sony? Because Bungie knows it's untouchable. Yeah. Bungie knows that it can help with all this stuff, and they know none of that stuff's gonna be a threat to them. Yeah. Because A Destiny is pretty much you know, it's the 800-pound gorilla in the room. There's not much yeah. you can do to, to really cut into its market. And B, it's all just going to be PlayStation. So they've got like all the other platforms to run on, even if Sony does accidentally end up with a big hit there. Yeah. And Shniki I would up- be willing to bet that almost all of Sony's game-as-a-service things are going to have a fallback sort of prestige single-player element to them.
0: I would a 1,000% agree with that. Yeah. Because they're not that dumb. No. Sneaky brings up a good point. I'm having trouble at the moment balancing Overwatch 2 and Fortnite. One is going to have to yep. go eventually. Yeah. People only got so much time. Most players only have time for one game of the service because you have to give mm-hmm. yourself to the game. And you have
1: to, if, if someone's invested in something like Overwatch or Destiny or Fortnite or whatever, you have to be so good to yep. make people give up that investment and that time yep. sink.
0: Like, you, you're up against the sunk cost fallacy the, there. Right. The more time they spent, the less likely they are to leave yeah. it. It's, I have, like, a brother in law who is a Destiny fiend. I try to talk to him about other games, he doesn't even care. He's like, nothing mm-hmm. can be as good as me and my son, my nephew, going on raids in Destiny 2. Yep. And I'm like, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I get that. But that's the market that these, and everybody's doing it. Yeah. This isn't just
1: Sony. And imagine looking at that market and having Babylon's fall in your hand and thinking, that's the <laughs> trick. <laughs>
0: This is the like, one.
1: That's just delusion. It is delusional.
0: It is, but there's a lot of delusion going on. Again, why oh, we yeah. wanted to discuss this topic because the whole industry is like heading this direction. Yeah, man.
1: there's an element it's, of it's like, everybody, everybody in the executive wing of all these publishers feels like they have to shoot their shot at this.
0: It is the gold rush, as Erebus yeah. Jones said. It is everyone trying to get stake their claim before it's too late mm-hmm. because they know as well as we do. Once somebody gets sucked into a game as a service, they don't leave it.
1: Right, but the resources are limited in a gold rush, yeah. and the resources. Are limited here. The research There's is only, only people. so many people. There's only yeah. so many people who want to play this kind of thing
0: and will play this kind of thing and they're all playing something else already. And if everybody, if every publisher, every developer is trying to create these games that corral people in for months or years at a time, what happens to the rest of the market, Matt? People yeah. stop buying All the games because they're playing the one game. Like, I do not think that this direction is a good direction. I understand why they're doing it. Because that's... If you can make one game that generates a billion or two dollars a year without fail that's ideal but but that is
1: also just how everybody's always i mean that's what world of warcraft did too yeah but it didn't kill pc gaming it just killed mmo competition right uh although everquest is still going but see this is Um, going
0: in all genres now like we're seeing games as a service but it's not really working in all genres like it worked in shooters it
1: worked for for shooters and beyond that that's about it like i have a hard time believing that you know you know god i don't even know what to categorize last of us 2 multiplayer as like it's not that's not gonna sink
0: like an action adventure multiplayer yeah, I, yeah, I yeah
1: i'm not worried about it really because it's just gonna all fade away and it's, it's you know it's just gonna you know you think it's all gonna fade away yeah that genre will fade away and like you know destiny will remain like they will be survivors you think games as a
0: service will fade away yeah you think the publishers will eventually give
1: absolutely. up absolutely just like they gave up trying to make mmos when do you think that'll happen six years Oh, okay. So ways down the road. Yeah. I think you're still going
0: to see a fair amount of that this be year. be a lot of wasted money in that six oh, yeah. years. There was a lot of wasted
1: money on the MMO, <laughs> but you remember that fucking Warhammer MMO? You remember how much money that EA sank into that bullshit? Yeah. L- the
0: Legacy says GTA Online is the biggest game as a service. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's close, yeah. for sure. Um, Kevin Roth asked, which game as a service have you played for the longest period of time?
1: Destiny. Yeah? I played Destiny the longest. Me too, the first Destiny. And I, and G- I played Destiny. GTA
0: Online a fair amount. I have not. I'm pretty sure I have more hours in Destiny though. It's definitely the first Destiny for me. It's the one I played the most because that's when it was fresh and new and I was like mm-hmm. trying to figure out how this stuff's going to work. And now we know how it works or it doesn't work and it's really lost its shine and I agree with you at that point for me it's all about the gameplay and how the game plays. For sure. And that's what I think Destiny got right. The combat feels great in that game. I've never got tired of landing a headshot in Destiny. Still, mm-hmm. after all this time, it is still satisfying. To land a headshot in Destiny two. Yep. I still enjoy it. Like I still get that dopamine yeah. shot. Like, I don't play it very much, but with the few times I have in the
1: last few years, like it yep, you're right back in it. And like the you know, the the pop of a of one of the the, the fungus creatures or the or the, the blowing the, the weak spot out of the middle of one of the, the vex yep.
0: things, like it still feels great. Feels great. Um and we, look here's Apex Legends, another extremely po uh, popular game as a service also extremely successful financially yeah. and
1: another game that feels really good to play moment to moment
0: it does like it, that's part of it yep and then here's rainbow six siege which was one of the og games yeah. as, a, as a service a game that was dying on the vine and ubisoft did a pivot and it's become one of the biggest games as a service in, on in the world mm-hmm. so and look people are still playing siege yep yeah. People are still playing Apex Legends. These people are not going to leave these no. games because people get stuck in
1: these things. And I have friends that play Rainbow Six Siege every night. Yeah, every night. I, I know. have friends. That, I have four friends that play uh, uh, Sea of Thieves every night. For and how do you last, get for them years. out of it? They don't it's, what, it's just what they do that's what they do they go in the in the party chat and they talk to each hang out and they chat and they play that game while they chat that's it Yep. that's what they do yeah it's hard to get people out of those patterns so all sony and i can't imagine their exceptions so it's and like i don't know i don't know how i would dislodge them from doing that and i've been their friend for decades meanwhile you're you have babylon's fall
0: what yeah. do you think you're going to do sony's headed for disaster Ridiculous. in my opinion i think it's bit the more the time goes on the more i think it's a terrible idea to dedicate I mean, it seems as if, like, 60 to 70% of its internal resources now are dedicated to games as a service. Yeah. And I think that's a huge they're gonna try it. mistake.
1: They're going to try it, and they're going to learn the hard way. But it's, they've already said, like, they're, the not, getting, they're not letting go of, the, of the, you know, the boutique stuff. Insomniac and Naughty Dog keep putting out what they put out. But Naughty Dog's
0: putting out this game as a service. Yeah, base. but that's a secondary
1: that's thing. Us, so. that's, a, that's a secondary thing. They're still obviously going to make their big narrative yeah. things. You know, that still- come
0: once every eight or nine years. I think they they'll speed it up. We'll see. Um yeah. I've been waiting.
1: <laughs> Insomniac can maybe show them a few thing or two. They're on they're on track. They're gonna yeah. they get stuff out pretty regularly. i mean, yeah,
0: Spider Man next year, probably Wolverine a year or two after that. Board. Like
1: you know sp- yeah. they're they're burning
0: the chart up. If you point. need if you want to emulate one studio, that's the studio you yeah. want to emulate. Whatever they're doing behind the scenes to make sure all their games come out on time. And, emulate and are good when and they do. And that they're good when they come out? Yeah. Do it. Emulate it. Whatever like, it I don't
1: I don't know if there's a... I mean, I guess Naughty Dog to some degree, if you don't count the stuff before Uncharted. Um, but, like, Insomniac puts out more stuff, and it's consistent. Yeah. Consistently on time and consistently good. Yep. And uh, they might have the highest batting average of any of the first-party studios, I think, of any company. Yeah, I'd Except agree. Maybe... maybe
0: EAD, uh, it's, it's
1: EAD, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't like all the stuff they do, but like, um, yeah, they're elite. Bottom yeah. line, they're elite for sure. So certainly out of Sony's stable, Insomniac is the shining jewel. Yep. So at the end of this discussion, Naughty Dog gets all the attention, but Insomniac's the MVP.
0: I, I feel like it's an even split. If if you want to make it a successful game, sure, all you gotta do is make a great game. But if you want to make a successful game as a service, you have to make it. To me, it's just important mm-hmm. that the game is great. That the structure for the game as a service is also great. To mm-hmm. me, they're equal partners in trying to make a, a successful, ongoing, yeah. live game.
1: And I think uh, the other thing, of course, is like part of the game as a service thing is you know you're they're trapped by the you know the myth of infinite growth. Yeah. Um, It should be enough to do what Insomniac and Naughty Dog have done. They make high-end games that sell fives and tens of millions of copies and make however much revenue you get from selling that many copies of something. Yeah. Um, that should be all you need. That should be that is the that is our business model. That is the money we make. That is how much m- much these games make. If one sells more than that, like Elden Ring style, awesome. But otherwise, we know what our expected revenue for all of these projects is. But that isn't enough anymore. There has to be that infinite weird growth thing that capitalism yeah. has convinced everybody is a thing, especially in the executive wings of these companies, yeah. and they want that infinite money from that game as a service that Bungie has, and it's just not there. Ultimate Team EA and
0: and Madden and FIFA and you're going to
1: throw all this. I mean, Sony can afford it for the most part, but think you know, Square maybe can't, Platinum maybe can't. You throw all that money in a hole often enough, and you're going to bankrupt your damn company, and now you got no revenue. Yeah. So what would you prefer? A a, A reliable revenue stream of a certain level, or like chasing this weird dragon that is never going to pay off.
0: But it really doesn't seem like it's
1: And that is what they're to. doing. The latter is what a lot of the industry has chosen at this point, And they're all going to learn the hard way. They are going to learn the hard way. And then way. they're going to get bought by Microsoft. I
0: hope we don't <laughs> end up learning the hard way, though, as consumers, meaning that like this stuff goes away. These companies go away. And we don't get products from them anymore. So,
1: Most of them are big enough that they can pivot at the, uh, after a couple of losses in that regard. I will be a little surprised if Sony gets all of their. Was it ten? Yeah, yeah. So I think it was do, like
0: eight. I think they'll learn something. by four.
1: Yeah, that this is not. But then, the then
0: there are those other ones are already like right. But a I, long ways along
1: knowing Sony, they're not going to make. They're not going to have a Babylon's fall. They're yeah. not going
0: to have a game. No, something that bad. They're not going to have one of these
1: things come out and you'll
0: be like, why does this even exist? Let alone. I mean, a multiplayer The Last of Us game i already am thinking a little bit like why is that going to exist yeah but they've always done that like well they they, haven't released it as a standalone game it's always just been a part of it yeah
1: but this was a module of two that they were just breaking out into its own thing that's all you know it'd be like probably a 20 dollars purchase but are you not wondering why it's going to exist already I mean, I've wondered that since they did it in the first Last of Us. Yeah. I don't, I don't need a multiplayer in that game. i, mean, I, don't I, don't I wonder wondering when they were doing it in Uncharted. But I wonder why they did it in Assassin's Creed. Like, I don't need yeah. a, a multiplayer in any of that shit. These Assassin's Creeds were unique. Like some was, of those so, yeah, modes, I was like,
0: okay, that's kind of fun. But then they never, the fun never lasts as long as you think it's going to. They always no. wear out their welcome. Like, well, real there's quick. also
1: always a way to exploit. You always jimmy the thing. It. Yeah. yeah, there's always a way to, fit, to, yeah. to rig it. But like, yeah. I, I I don't think, you know, even then, even if you have misgivings about what this Last of Us thing is going to be, I bet that when you play it, it's going to be like, wow, like, they really did everything they could on this thing. It's, it's the production values are high, the graphics are amazing, like, there's new ideas in here, there's a reason for this to exist. I can see why they thought this was something that was a good idea to make, even if maybe it won't be, end up being a good idea to monetize it the way they try to monetize it, but, like... I have a hard time. Even games that Sony puts out that I don't like, like, say, Days Gone. Mm -hmm. I understand why Days Gone exists. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Days Gone has a lot of cool ideas. Yeah. Like there's yeah the horde stuff is cool having to maintain your motorcycle and get around that way is cool scrounging for components to make sure that works is cool like big you know kind of story character arcs that kind of arc across the different settlements is cool it's just all executed poorly it's a zombie shooter that makes sense it's just all executed poorly to me yeah I I didn't like not maybe not poorly
0: but not up to scratch Yeah. yeah
1: I mean I just again like if I could have just flipped a switch or paid some upgrade thing and made the the motorcycle get maybe. Five
0: feet (laughs) per gallon, gallon. you know, like
1: just that was what I was tired of was that shit. Um, Or maybe, you know, characters that I actually cared about. Uh, But like I look at that game and I can see on paper why you green light that. You know, Um, I feel like all of Sony's projects on this, this of this nature will have that quality. They'll be like, okay, maybe that's not for me. But like, I understand why Sony thought that was something to make. Like, for instance, if you hate cats, I still think you can understand why Stray was made. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not that that's a Sony exclusive or anything, but, like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, Sony will, Sony's games will always have... Well, it is have, a console exclusive, actually. Yeah, but they didn't make it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, Sony's games will always have a reason to exist. You never question, like, why AstroBot is there, you know? Yeah. Uh, whereas Babylon's Fall, I'm like, who from the very first meeting couldn't have told you this was going to fail?
0: Yeah. You know? Again... Duh. Right. Consulting firm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to launch it someday. One last question before we move on. Vincent asks, let's uh, say Platinum's, uh, Platinum's other plan, though. We've already said their traditional games don't do that well at retail. So what is the alternative for a developer like Platinum? Make better games. Do something new. Yeah. Like, they've made the same
1: thing for 15 years yeah like maybe branch out you know near near automata was kind of the closest to something different there Mm -hmm. um even then it leaned very hard on their same kind of combat style but it was more you know learn to do something else
0: i think platinum's problem is it struggles at creating um relatable and interesting characters and settings Oh the, yeah they're, they're they're the reverse spiders right
1: they're really good at combat and nothing else and nothing else yeah and spiders is really good at everything else and not combat <laughs> not
0: combat they yes. should team up they should team up yeah if the <laughs> wonder twins steel, activate steel rising with platinum combat there <laughs> it would go. be pretty good um, but they just need to make better games, Vincent, to answer your question. They just and yeah, I don't
1: new, new blood, new ideas, new something. Maybe we can make real, some hires. lean thing. real hard into automata too and if Yoko Taro's not busy. Um and like figure out a way to make, cause you know, as much as as much as I did like that game and a lot of the concepts there, like you're still running around a barren world that's all colored sort of grey green and picking up little glowing things that are supposed to pass for items, which like Japan, stop doing that.
0: Yeah, that's like I was make not a huge fan of near things. automata. I I, I, liked it. It. I think I finished it only because it wasn't very long well, except it is pretty long if you finish it. I didn't all the do time. the well because the
1: stories are completely different, <laughs> right? Like it's it's you know the, the I think you got to finish it four times to see everything.
0: Yeah, I, w- I was not. Gonna They're
1: all different that. characters and all yeah. different stories, and then you find that what you were doing was actually horrible. Like the first near was like that too. Yeah, like the first time you play through is pretty long. The second time is about half that long, and you learn some interesting things, and you learn that everything you did in the first playthrough was actually probably a war crime. And then like <laughs> the third time you play through is very short, but what you decide, you either get ending C or D, and I believe. If you get ending C, it's the real ending of the game that I think Automata runs from, runs off of. Like, that's the canon ending. And ending D erases your save because it's basically an admission that none of this should ever have happened. So it didn't.
0: (laughs) F (laughs) that. So anyway, games as a service, a big topic in the games industry. Everything seems to be headed that way. Uh, So we're going to talk about it every once in a while. And just this comment from Platinum just kind of piqued my interest and made me start thinking about games as a service a little more critically. And we are kind of at this inflection point right now with this genre, if that's what you want to call it, Uh, because everyone is placing gigantic bets on it. And I just feel like if people always ask, like, could the industry crash again? No, it's no. never going to crash again. But I'll say this, something like this, if the industry were ever to crash again, it would be something like this that would cause the crash. Some yeah, it fad. Would be, it would be the middle that would crash. It was like that, right. that center part. you like yeah.
1: some of the mid-range you see a guys. big consolidation under right. the bigger guys. As
0: you said, you'd see Microsoft starting to gobble up these weakened. Yeah, like someone would buy Platinum. Right. Yeah. Microsoft. Or Nintendo. <laughs> that, yeah. Actually, more likely Nintendo than that, I think about it. But uh, we will check in on this stuff periodically as new kind of revelations happen uh, with the subgenre or the genre, whatever you want to call it. But everything's heading this way, so it's a good idea for us to uh, try to figure out where it's headed and whether we're going to be a part of it or not. I really get the sense that most of our audience is not interested in games as a service. Or if they are, they find one and they stick to it, and that is not what the industry wants to hear. Okay. Let's move on to the last topic for episode 318. We're going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. And who better to talk with it about than Matt Kyle? Huh. Got the first trailer. There was a Nintendo Direct this week, Matt, um, that really was just this weird kind of bumper to put around the first trailer. It's a teaser. Yeah. Uh, Miyamoto was there. It was good to see him with his freshly coiffed haircut. Um, and then some of the people who are working on the film side um, with him were there. Um, And then ultimately they showed the first trailer. I hope we don't get copyright strikes for running this trailer. We'll see. I hope not because it'll be a pain in the butt to black it out again Mm because I'm leaving on vacation. We'll see how it goes. Um, Before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, what were your impressions of this, Matt? Uh, Looks nice. Um Bowser is going to carry this film. It sure does. Jack Black, that is way. Gonna, Jack
1: Black is going Jack Black is going to hoist this thing up on his back and carry it. It really line. seems
0: that way already. Yep. Yeah. He's perfect for yeah, Bowser. Excellent. Like that, that casting really good. is perfect.
1: And I'm also glad that like everything looks exactly like it's supposed to look. Like yep. they aren't they aren't updating anything. They aren't changing anything. They're just like this is our property. We're making a movie out of it. Here it is. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that that baby penguin grew up and became the
0: king. <laughs> <laughs> after you saved him from the iceberg that one scene is funny too
1: yeah no this is all this is all entirely appropriate and kind of expected from the people who made the minions stuff the despicable me stuff like
0: yeah this. i never really got into those all that much like i were watching the, like, the first of each series despicable me is is i've seen the first
1: two and they're they're fine they're, they're nice they're, yeah. they're cool the minion stuff doesn't do anything for me, me either
0: It um, seems very generic uh, this is being worked on. Is this film? By the way, this film has been worked on for seven years. Yeah. With Illumination, which, I mean, as Matt th- points out, some of the stuff that they worked out on in the past. But I me and it have been really working good. with Chris Melandry on this for seven years. They said that they're now knee deep into lighting and compositing. Mm-hmm. The score is being recorded in like a week, and they're working with Koji Kondo on that. It seems like. Everything is working out as yeah. good as it They're could. They're
1: making all the right choices here. Nintendo still has creative control where they need it, and uh, yeah, this is this looks great. That one image they put out of him looking at the Toad Town fillers, like all the super dense, like almost like you know Miyazaki looking like like town. With do all you the think Mario stuff.
0: looks good? I think it looks fine. I think his eyes. I don't know how else you do them, but there's something about his eyes that. He's he's not
1: uh he's not as like Looney Tunes cart uh proportioned, uh, and people were complaining that he lost his ass.
0: It almost seems like he <laughs> it almost seems like he doesn't match the rest of the movie. He like, doesn't. He's not supposed to. He's from another world. Oh wait, is that what this is all about? I mean, he's from the Mushroom Kingdom with everybody no, he's else. he's From New York. Is that what this plot is about? He's a plumber <laughs> from New York that ends up in the Mushroom yeah, Kingdom? Yeah. It's uh, an isekai.
1: Uh, That's a literal plot of the Mario Brothers. Oh, uh, okay. He's not from the Mushroom Kingdom. He's from Brooklyn. Okay. Which, by the way, is why he shouldn't have that stupid accent. Like, I don't know why people are so surprised that no one wants to listen to Waha for 90 fucking minutes. <laughs> anyway, it was never going to be Charles Martinet. It. it should not have been Charles Martinet. None of that. That voice should not be in a fucking movie. Like, it was annoying after nine seconds on the Super Mario 64 screen. And I'm glad it is. Not. I don't know why they picked Chris <laughs> Pratt. Because this is just Chris Pratt doing, like, a vague impression of Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that's good. But it n- needed to be a normal voice. Like, it needed to not be... The weird, uh, I cook at the pizza bullshit. Like, <laughs> I doesn't make it. He's a fucking proper proper from Brooklyn. Why does he have a stereotypical Italian accent? It doesn't make any sense. Hey, Stupid I
0: pizza. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think Mario looks weird. I don't think he fits. He in looks different, but he doesn't with look weird. The other characters in the trailer. And I think it's because his eyes are just so big. Well, because he's the only human, I guess.
1: We'll see what Peach looks like. Yeah, but, but you know, his eyes—his uh, eyes are actually smaller than they are they in the are. Normal design. Yeah. Um. So that's different. I mean, just Mario has been a very specific design for like 25 years. Like, so, yeah, he's looked the same more or less in 3D since like 1996. So any change to this is going to be a little bit of a jarring thing. Um. But I'm sure the changes were made to make him, you know. Proportionally, or or more like what we needed to make him make to to pull off what he needs to do in a movie.
0: Tiny blip in history says maybe there is a mushroom to power up the ass. <laughs>
1: that, yeah, that's the cake mushroom. It could uh, happen.
0: By the way, Charles Martinet is actually in this. I don't know what he's voicing, but he is credited as doing voice work in the movie. I don't know, maybe just another bit character. I'm sure it's a little like, like a
1: cameo or something, yeah.
0: Um, and just a quick rundown.
1: I mean, of- Frank Welker didn't get to voice Megatron, but he did do like Ravage Roars and stuff in the right. Transformers movie. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, you can give the man work, sure. Yeah. But he should not be Mario. Like, I'm not, I am don't want to listen to that for fucking the whole thing. That does, no. That would be Nobody wants to hear that. I mean, yeah. I mean apparently people do because there's weird Nintendo people that are freaking out about it. But no, if you're trying to make this a mainstream film, you do not do that. He Although has France to deliver lines
0: eventually. Like, hmm? you want to hear that voice while he's delivering real lines no like, no it's it doesn't so make, the reason he doesn't talk
1: very much in the games because it doesn't work for dialogue yeah and look i agree that chris pratt is a weird choice and all the stuff about oh we're working on this voice and it's gonna be like nothing you've ever it just sounds like him yeah slightly doing an accent from new york it's just it's weird uh, but like you know like the luau bano template <laughs> is where we should have gone <laughs> with this like he didn't sound like well, you know, it's a me in the fucking in the yeah. old Super Mario show. He didn't sound like that in the in the Saturday Supercade. This shot right he, he here, he was Optimus Prime in Saturday Supercade. That yeah, was Peter yeah. Cullen, the original voice of Mario, is Optimus Prime. This shot is what that was great. I would hope the next Mario game looks like. Well, that was the thing I did. Yeah, if if like Nintendo made something on the power level of the PS Five, this is this is what, this Mario is what the games like.
0: would look like. And that's the other thing I would say about this trailer. It doesn't look that much better than what you could make in real time.
1: No, I mean this is this is what I would expect from a Mario team that had the power that the power of the ratchet and clank game with yeah. their hands. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like so again, like I I think it looks It's almost depressing. It is. Yeah. But I think the the movie looks good, but I'm not like over the moon about it. It seems like the general consensus online if people are just like losing their crap like in love with it
1: like well there's people that love Mario they just want to see this thing done justice on the big screen yeah especially after that original movie yeah and I get that I don't care about Mario that much like I'm Mario was never my thing you know mm-hmm. like my favorite Zelda my favorite uh, Nintendo franchises are Metroid and Zelda um, I always found Mario a little creepy frankly yeah I, I don't I don't I didn't really identify with any of that it was never something I, I cared about that much. It's one of those things, like, I play them, but it's, like, he doesn't, you know, main, big mainstream, like, mascot characters have rarely resonated with me. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of fondness for Mario in the same way I don't have a lot of fondness for Mickey Mouse or Ronald McDonald. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't I don't care. Yeah. Um, but I think that looks really cool. Like, I think, you know, I, I think that, that, like, that one still shot, it wasn't in the trailer, but it's that... You know, poster art of him looking up at the whole city yeah. with the
0: castle on top. That looks great. Yeah. That looks really cool. Like, oh, By the way, this is not coming holiday 2022 anymore. No, they pushed it. <laughs> yeah, wisely. It is, it's April 7th, 2023 I believe. No, that, is a new date. That, was, that was smart. Move it away from Avatar. Yep. And Here's the rest of the cast. So We already talked about Mario and we talked about Jack Black being Bowser. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy is Princess Peach. Charlie Day plays Luigi. Keegan-Michael Key plays Toad. Seth Rogen plays Donkey Kong. Fred Ar- Armisen, Armison. Armison plays Cranky Kong. Kevin Michael Richardson plays Comic. Sebastian Maniscalco I don't know. plays Spike. And then Charles Martinet is listed in voice actors as well, um, but they don't list what he actually does. He's probably doing like Toad voices. Yeah, or, like, I thought the voices stuff. in this were fine. Like even Chris Pratt didn't annoy me that much. No, I'll be fine.
1: I just don't understand why. Like yeah, you know, I know. Part of the thing was laying the groundwork for, like, people being ready for, like, oh, the voice is different. Um, and I don't know why you wanted Chris Pratt, if that's the voice you want. Mm-hmm. There's nothing special about his voice in this that you, anyone else couldn't have done. Maybe someone that the internet doesn't hate so much um, would have been a better choice. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I know at the time, when you're casting this, he's the biggest box office star in the world. So, mm-hmm. like, getting him feels like a, a coup. But um, the backlash started by the time this was already happening, and now you're going to have to deal with the fact that nobody likes Chris Pratt anymore. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it will be, be fine. You know, all the casting. I mean, Jack Black, I saw some of that with Jack Black. I was like, I don't know if he can do Bowser. He can do Bowser. Oh, he Jack nailed Jack Black Bowser. can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> He's really good. There you're has right, never though. been He's... anything Jack Black has voiced that didn't nail it. It's true. Every time.
0: He's very talented. Every single time. Even, like, in the Nintendo Direct like everyone else's segment was like you could tell they were like reading off a teleprompter or whatever. Mm. He just totally ad libbed it and just oh, nailed yeah. it. <laughs>
1: like yeah, that's the other thing about Jack Black <laughs> is you can drag him in front of the camera for all the PR on this and he yeah. will nail it every time. Every time, like he should be. be the, happy to he it. should be the face of this movie from the cast, At the junkets by far. and everything. Yep. Like he needs to be in front of. all
0: Although of they'll make it Chris Pratt though. Pratt will be there to try but to but get women into Chris, the theaters. But, but Chris, Pr- <laughs> I mean Chris
1: Pratt will be there, but. You can't upstage Jack Black. Yeah. Like, Jack Black will take that from you.
0: (laughs) Like, he will just do that. Yeah. Uh, Overall, though, I am pretty excited for it. Like, it doesn't look bad. And I really thought it was going to be awful.
1: No. Now,
0: here is one thing that bothers me is that it was just uncovered that there's going to be musical numbers in this. And I Mm. hate musicals. It could be a deal breaker for me if it's like... Every ten minutes here comes another frickin' song. I will bail. I will walk out of the theater. Yeah, I don't know about
1: if it will be, but like you know i I don't think it's gonna be like a Rogers and Hammerstein thing. I think it's gonna be like trolls world tour where thing people sing things and you get a montage of the town ta- when he first gets to the town, I'm sure all the toads will sing a sing songs about what they're doing while he's walking through the town until he gets to the castle, like that yeah. kind of thing.
0: It's gonna be like a Disney movie. Well, my, I draw the line with musical stuff like that, like the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I could handle the musical stuff in that. I think that's about the limit. I, do, I don't know what. That's else. where I draw the line. Anything more than that, I'm out. So I really hope they dial that back. It's not a huge. I hope it's not a musical because that would. I mean, just the, I mean be Wizard a deal of Oz
1: is a musical. There's no way to around that. I don't is know what. It? But yeah, of
0: course. It I is. mean, most of the scenes are. I acted, was in not the Wizard sung. of
1: Oz. It is a musical. I promise
0: you. But most of the scenes are acted, not sung. Most musicals are like that. You're mm, thinking of like a rock opera, maybe. You're thinking of like Hamilton I was in or musicals. Rent. All growing up, like, and we even like sing, Sound, sangy did most of the lines. Sound like, of Music, like that's not
1: that's a musical. That's mostly acted. Is it? Yeah. Mary Poppins is a musical. That's mostly acted. There's too much there's, music in Mary Poppins. There's a lot of music in it, but yeah. there's normal
0: dramatic scenes. The quote that quotient is my X factor, mm. and I hope that it leans more on like just the acting and stuff, and not the music. But and look. Some people like musicals. It's
1: Illumination, so there's gonna be there's gonna be like three pop songs sung in it that like they want to make another hit like that fucking Justin Timberlake thing that blew up out of the trolls. Oh right, right. No, that's that's what that's the the drug they're chasing Uh, on that one because that that was that was them.
0: That adds up. Okay, that was them. Maybe that was Sony. I can't remember. But otherwise, though, it looks good. Like yeah, we yeah. haven't seen Peach yet. She wasn't in the trailer. I mean, Peach or Donkey Kong or a yeah. little bit a little bit of
1: Luigi. So I'm yeah. impressed by how much breadth they're getting in there. Like yeah. you've got Luigi with the ghosts and the mansion and him and the Mushroom Kingdom and Bowser doing the airship stuff and all the you know, got the, 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 the magic koopa and all the other Koopas and like the pe- penguins are there and the and apparently cracking we're, that apparently we're gonna get the Donkey Kong characters in there. I mean there's, yeah. there's a lot of ground being covered here. You're not waiting for three movies until you see the secondary characters like you did with Sonic.
0: This is the first time I'm excited that Miyamoto's working on the movie. <laughs> yeah. Before this, I hated that he was working on the movie. I'm like, I want him making games, but now that I've watched the first trailer, you can see his hands all over this.
1: Yeah. Well, That's I mean, good. And the other thing, the, re- the other reason you should be happy about that is, be- you know, clearly he's there to make sure, to try and make sure that this is a big hit, becomes a big deal, becomes a pillar of Nintendo's sort of exposure of their brands to people. Like imagine a Zelda movie would not be far behind. Yeah. Um, make the Metroid movie, you cowards. <laughs> um, That'll never happen. But, We've talked about the power levels of future Nintendo systems. If this becomes how the mainstream public expects to see Mario, they will have to up the power of the systems to make it look like that's more true. like that for parity. So yeah. that could work out very well for us as gamers, as players. If yeah. this becomes a big deal, that's true. Yep. So there that you is go. not really a thing I thought of until I saw this trailer. Until I was like, "Oh, people are going to expect Mario." That to one shot look in like particular, that. where you see yeah. the whole
0: world sprawling out yeah it's, it and like you can
1: see yeah. miyamoto's input there where you can like when he's bouncing around on this like M- miyamoto's thinking gameplay there oh yeah of he's, the, he's like oh we could do that yeah like, we could build this little section we could have him Jump bounce down around mushrooms, like. that. like yeah. you can see him incorporating stuff like that. like that he's always thinking
0: yep so there you go this is super mario brothers movie it comes to theaters on april 7th it's not going to be a part of any stream would it be on paramount plus or anything no that'll be theatrical yeah that's what i figured um april 7th so not long to wait it seems like they have a lot of work to do based upon the and Direct. that
1: should be i don't know who's who's distributing i think it's universal isn't it i think so
0: and i thought it was paramount
1: universal is building the nintendo world in it their is. theme park so i'd imagine it's them it should be them yeah maybe
0: someone in so, chat will let us so know so that
1: would be on um
0: yep what if people in chat well, not, say probably about, not peacock by then <laughs> because i don't think that's gonna last that long but <laughs> texture glitch mary poppins is insane it is an lsd fever dream and yet, I still didn't like it for some reason. Mary Poppins is bizarre. Yeah. Um, South Park, the movie, is a great musical. Yeah, South Park's nah, a musical. I think I made it through that one. Yeah. That is a lot of music in it. Like, almost every
1: scene leads to a song in that movie. That's true.
0: Sanuku says if it's a musical, people will walk out of the theater. <laughs> I will. I don't every, know if everybody else will. Most the biggest kids... The biggest hits in CG
1: have been musicals. Kids so. love musicals, man. Yeah. They eat them up. Um, go, look up, go look up the, the the home the home viewership of uh, the Troll's World Tour. Okay. Like those are the parents want these CG movies they can when they hit streaming they can just put them on repeat and the kids will be quiet in the living room for a day.
0: Yeah. Uh Zet Saber says Shane I think the musical could be more like everything is awesome from the Lego movie. Yeah, what Matt was saying, yeah, like le- trying to create yeah, this Lego hit mo- that crosses over. Yeah, yeah, Lego movie is probably the template somewhat there. Or let it go another song that came from a
1: movie yeah that I, th- a big I don't hit. think this is going to lean into the musical the way the disney stuff does quite yeah. it's going to be more like i think you're gonna get four or five songs through the whole thing
0: that um, i could probably handle that would be my guess but any more than that no nope. i don't think it's, it's, it's going to no- be like
1: hamilton where the whole thing is
0: sung yeah. um or rent like those are rock operas Erebus jones says it's a kid's film i'll take my boy but i can't really get excited about this it's aimed at my wallet yeah fair enough yeah. yeah, I hope we can still enjoy it. As I would be, I kids. mean,
1: I would be surprised if if Nintendo wasn't aiming more of a Pixar vibe, where like something for parents to identify with too. Like, yeah. they know that parents have to watch this too. Yeah, and the, one of the reasons Pixar has been so successful is they they make stuff that kids impre- kids love, but adults can appreciate. Like, there's 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 characters in there that everybody sees and understands. Yep. Can you drag that out of a Mario movie? I don't know. Yeah. Um, That's be. I mean, the
0: songs have to be good. they Have to be catchy. They will That's be. That's what it comes down to. They will Either the songs are good or not. The kids are going to want to sing or they're not. So, mm-hmm. big X factor. All right, there you go. That's Game Face Episode 318. But as you know, we always have at least one more thing to do before we go. And today, it is time for... Name that game. All right, it's time for Name That Game, where I show you a series of screenshots from a video game and you try to guess the name of the game you compete against matt you win all ties the chat goes into slow mode so do not spam the chat with your guesses you only get one guess every 60 seconds so make them count if you have won this year do not play you will not win the free game that people get when they win because you've already won one and do not guess in the chat or do anything don't mess with the game let the people play and have fun playing um, emperor dread has already guessed body harvest note again this week the game is not body harvest but someday it will be and he won't be here you watch <laughs> that's mm. what'll happen <laughs> yeah shane's got body harvest ready to go for the one day Emperor <laughs> for the one is day. Here. i'll check the chat every time we come in here and w- one day you're not going to be here and i'm going to run with run with uh, body harvest um okay so that's it's very simple i show you like five screenshots they get more obvious as we go Um, But again, you have to beat Matt. You guys win all ties. So if Matt guesses the name of the game and I look over and it's already in chat or it pops up in chat a second or two later, you guys get the win. And we want you guys to win because the winner gets a free video game. All right. I think we're ready to go with the first image. Let's rock. Any guesses, Matt? Nobody has any guesses. Um, not a single guess in chat yet.
1: I do kind of recognize
0: that little structure, but I don't know how to get in place it. Okay. Nobody's even guessed yet. Oh, they guessed it right already. <laughs> oh, near. <laughs> and not just like one person, like everybody. Three people guessed it right. Now, ultimate villain guessed near. It's near automata. I think the full... Do You think the full name full title gets it, gets it let's, yeah. let's actually... Because there's two nears. There are. And you're right. We do specify that it has to be the right one. Ultimate Villain gets near, and then Keffy Keff followed right yeah, up with near atomic. I think Keffy Keff gets that. I think I'd agree with you on that one. Sorry, Ultimate Villain, but we do say that like even if we have like Far Cry, you have to yeah, you guess have to, the right Far yeah, you have Far to na- Cry. name the number. We've been doing it this way all along, bro, so I'm sorry. We do have to pass it on to Keffy Keff. Who is our winner, and here's your round of applause <laughs> to the Capri <bring> NASCAR Legends. <laughs> I've said that game title so many times today. Minority said near Replicate, but it's near Automata. Sneaky says, I was just playing it yesterday. The crazy part, Matt, is that we ended up bringing up near yeah. Automata. Yeah, like... I- Ten times in yeah, I today's said, show. I've said
1: that na- that game's name so many times.
0: Today. Just re- and like I'm sitting here the whole episode, and we keep talking about it. Mm. I'm like, people are going to get named that game on the first one, and sure enough, they did. <laughs> so, congratulations! I'll show you guys the rest of the images. What do you think um, was the giveaway on that, Matt? Well, the I mean,
1: car, that, that little structure of the car thing. I think people recognize. Also, if you look back at the background with the, the big structure back there, mm-hmm. that has that platinum quality of the light. You know, like, you know, Platinum Games sort of helps have, have this almost like cel-shaded but washed out look. Yeah. like I can As soon as they said that was what it was, I'm like, oh, yeah, you can see that that's what Nier looks like back there.
0: Hey, if you guys who guessed it, let me know how you guessed it because I want to obviously make this better. So if I'm doing stuff that makes it ob- obvious clues for you, let me know so I can try to avoid that with the first couple images going forward. Um, Kevy Kef says the background was the giveaway one hundred percent. So just that the top right there, I guess, mm-hmm. with the trusses and the tan. Truss that was the tan and that lighting. Well, that was one thing I tried to do with this was to make sure that all the screens didn't look tan. Mm-hmm. Because that would be the dead giveaway for this yeah. game. <laughs> Here's the second image. I don't know if that would have given anything away. Oh it's yeah, one like, of her attacks. One of her attacks,
1: where you, the feet. The feet of the robot thing. Yeah. They all look like that. Um, Shniki said
0: the color palette, too. I don't think that first image really gave up the color palette, though. I mean, I did call it, like, the green-brown washed-out game earlier today. That was the other thing. I was like, oh, no, they're definitely going to get it now. (laughs) There's a second one. Here's the third one. I mean, that is either near
1: Automata or, like, a Team Eco game.
0: Yeah, I figured that one would have given it away. You can also see, like, the bottom of her sword in the top left there. Mm -hmm. Um, I figured this one would probably give it away. And then this one definitely would. Yeah, the, the boss thing. Notice how I included one eye to make sure you would know that it was a boss and it wasn't just some structure there. Um, I do very subtle things with this, but it, most of it never ends up mattering because you never make it to these images. And then here was the final one. You can see her little kind of mag type thing there and her hand on top of it there on the right. That would have definitely given it away. But great job. Amazing job, actually. Keffy Kef. You killed it, bro. Great work. So just send us a DM here on Twitch. You can send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send Sifted a DM on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can send me a direct message on Sifted at Shane. However you want to get at us, just let me know, and uh, we'll get you your code for your free game, and congratulations. And also should bring up that um, we are getting free games from our users for this. So if any of you guys have any spare codes lying around that you, uh, you don't want, and you want to uh, contribute them for Name That Game, that would be awesome. Uh, Swanlin has provided the last, I don't know, like eight games for Name That Game. So I haven't seen him in chat today, I don't think. But if he's there, give him a big thank you, because without him, we would not be playing Name That Game for prizes. So thanks again, Swanlin, for supplying the game for today's Name That Game, and congratulations to Kefi Kef for winning Name That Game. All right, before we wrap things up, let's get to some questions if you guys have them. And as always, you do. Oh, here's a good one from Listeved. Oh, Kevin Roth actually asked, do you find the screenshots online or do you take them yourself? I just go to Google and grab screenshots. I don't have time to go and play a game and grab the screenshots myself. I just usually go to like the official games like website or whatever and grab direct feed screens from the publisher. Um, Cinetyke says sometimes it's hard to put a finger on it but some models like car or textures like industrial background can be instantly recognizable to people who spent hours in the game yep I think we've learned that playing in that game it's really uncanny how good you guys are Um, Lestevit, thoughts on House of the Dragons change of actors I think, Matt, you haven't been watching it, right? No. So the show, you may know this Even I know I know they jump ahead in time as a yeah. cast
1: because everybody's older.
0: So like one or two episodes will have one set of actors, and then the next mm-hmm. episode will have another set for the same characters. I do think, though, that the most re- – I didn't wish to watch this this weekend. I was too busy, so I didn't see the late, very latest episode. But I do think that the latest actors are the last, I think, because they're adults. And so I mm-hmm. think that they're going to be the actors that go on throughout the show. But, I mean, you can comment on this even generally. Like, it is jarring. Even some of the actors didn't look, in this in particular, didn't look close enough to the child actors to where it was kind of confusing as to who was who Mm -hmm. a little bit.
1: I mean, it's an interesting choice. I uh, definitely think that doing that instead of just constantly flashing back over the course of the show, is a refreshing change because I find flashbacks to mostly be annoying. Yeah. Um. And a, and played out like I know Lost did it, and we've been obsessed with that for twenty years. But like, move on. And like, so this is not a bad move. Um. I don't care about House of the Dragon. I like, got I watched the first few episodes, and I'm like, no, nope, not in. Don't care. Um. You got to give me a character I actually like, and it didn't. A character is to like in that. That's. The hard or even at least root for even though i don't like i don't care I mean, what happens like, I, I don't I care like what happens king. To, i don't, I don't care what happens king. to anybody in that show that, that's my problem wow and i know what happens in the end so that's double whammy not gonna waste my time
0: how do you know what happens in the end? Because I read the book
1: it's based on. I know. Oh, there's already a book for this. There's two books, in fact. There's the book about called Fire and Blood, which is the ba- and then there's a history book of Westeros that I also read, which tells the entire story of this this series in about three pages.
0: Oh, I didn't realize it. That's yeah, All it out everything there in
1: this is no. That's why there's an episode, in, I think season three of Game of Thrones, where they come up on a tapestry or a mural or something that shows these the the old Targaryens, and I think, um, uh, what's his name? You know the prince, dipshit. Which prince? You know the the incest. Joffrey. Prince. Joffrey, I think, or maybe it's Ty- uh, uh, maybe it's um, I can't remember what it is. Somebody basically lays out the story of this whole series in like five minutes wow. because it's it's known backstory, it's known yeah. lore. See, I don't read so, and
0: read the books or anything, so this is all new to me. But so like it's
1: it's. You know, it's a, It suffers from prequelitis, where like I know what's going to happen. Well, you know what, the but it also Bicar, suffers obviously. from not giving me a reason to care what's happening now. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... Whatever. Okay. I mean, look, I cannot possibly express how much season eight of Game of Thrones murdered my interest in that franchise. It
0: really did. Forever.
1: It crushed you. Like, do not <laughs> give a... Sh- I'll read... If George R.R. Mar- Martin ever finishes those books, I'm wondering. I will finish reading those books. Yeah. I think we'll get Winds of Winter eventually. I do not think we will ever get A Dream of Spring until someone takes his notes and finishes them. Yeah, someone else will write it. Like Brandon Sanderson on Wheel of Time style. Yeah, someone else will Um, write it for sure. But,
0: uh, yeah, I don't don't care. I I love it. I think it's great. Um, I don't like it quite as much as Game of Thrones yet, um, but I love it so far. Like, I'm itching to watch the episode from Sunday right now sitting here, so... Uh, maybe I'll find some time tonight to do that. But. Yeah, I got, I've been watching Rings of Power, and I think that's infinitely better. I like that, too, actually. Yeah, I've yeah. really been enjoying that as Dragged well.
1: Dragged a bit in Numenor, yep. but like picked it it's back good. up. Yeah, I'm. I'm invested in three of the four plot lines. Don't really care about the Harfoots. Sorry. Yeah, me either. Um, but now that seems to be moving forward. Now, like yeah. the last episode, you know, season episode six, they just took all the safeties off, and episode seven, you're like, oh, okay, I see where everybody's going to the finale now. Yep. And, I like uh, that a lot too. I'm hoping. I uh, hope they do a season two because I like where they're going. Because again, I know where all that's going because of the outline of of the lore that Tolkien laid out in the appendices and his notes and sim- and all that stuff and some of the you know the, the stuff that christopher tolkien published in the 90s uh in the 80s but like i don't know how it's going to happen and some of the changes they made are interesting and in how they condense the storyline and all this stuff i don't really care what young isildur is doing but like i love all the elf stuff i'm in for galadriel i'm in for the Durin bromance which is my favorite part of the whole series mm-hmm. um, all the stuff with the dwarves is, is interesting um uh, I love. I can't remember. can never remember his name. But the 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 el, the wood elf, who's the Sylvan elf, who's stuff stuck out dealing with the orcs in the field. Yeah. Uh, with the, with the village, like that's really cool. Um, yeah. There's a lot. I like good, all of it. A I lot haven't found anything that it. I really dislike about the show. You No, I just I think the, I, the Harfoot stuff is just so detached that I'm not as invested, I'm curious who that guy. I think I know who that guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know who everybody is in terms of who's going to turn out to be what. But, like, I'm still enter- 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 entertained by what's happening. I think the, the woman who plays Galadriel is a fucking revelation. Like, they sh- she should
0: be in a lot of things. Yep, you know? she's good. She's very, very good. I like the show a lot. I like both the shows a lot. Um, okay, next question. Funny that uh, El Guapo mentions
1: that and House of the Dragon and then mentions Witcher, which I, I never watched the season
0: two of The Witcher. I should probably catch up on that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I've watched all The Witcher. It's also great. Yeah, I've liked, I like all three of those shows. Um, Derek D 111 what was the last stupid or cool sound quote you find memorable from a video game or related product this year there have been many for me but my last one is quote what is the meaning of this an incorrect voice from the Diofield Chronicles earlier it was pork markets from one of the recent Jimquisition episodes hmm. uh, I don't remember any quotes from games from this year that are all that memorable that stand out really there's a couple moments in Horizon Forbidden West that stand out. I mean, there's a couple lines in Return to Monkey Island that stand out too, um, but nothing that just like really hit me. That yeah, I'm, nothing like, that stuck that in I my can repeat head this verbatim year, anyway. or anything. No. Yeah. Um. You guys get to play the Godzilla pinball table yet from Nolan Elric? I didn't even know that there was a such a thing.
1: Yeah, I played it at '82 last year. I think. Um, Is it good? Pretty good. It's stern though, so I, I don't really think their design they're designed. They're usually the great. worst. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're, you know they're that modern pinball stuff where like I just doesn't quite feel right, and it doesn't qu- don't quite know what the fuck you're supposed to do most of the time, and it's very reliant on the video screen. Um, it's fine. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy it. yeah for me for myself. Me either
0: Um, this is for video games. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That is awesome, and we appreciate it. Uh, Zit Saber Juno, what it, who has the better chin, Thanos or Sigma from Mega Man? <laughs> it's got to be Thanos. He's got the strongest chin in the history of chins. Yeah. Um, J.M. Rain, thank you for gifting all the Tier 1 subs to the people in chat. Another reason why you should always show up for the live episode of Game Face. Uh, Kevin Rafa, thoughts on the Steelers this season? Oh, Lord. Oh, they're so bad. They were so bad last year. Like, here, here's my take on the NFL, very quickly. The NFL sucks. There are four or five kind of good teams and everybody else sucks. And the rest of the league is decided by luck, either by an injury, a bounce of the ball, bad officiating and a missed call. All the teams are the same. They all suck, except for a handful of them. And all the rest of the teams just end up following in line based upon random stuff that happens to them. The Steelers were terrible last year. They were the worst Steelers team I had watched since the 80s last year, and they made the playoffs. They are the same bad team this year that they were last year, and they're one and four. They could have easily been one and four last year. So um, I think the NFL's product is awful, and they need to do something to fix it. I don't know if that means contracting the league so the talent isn't as spread out. I don't know if it's rule changes. They got to do something because right now the NFL is a terrible, product end of rant uh Erebus jones was phil spencer teasing the streaming stick this week or is it just the internet getting overexcited oh he was teasing it absolutely yeah, that was a tease yeah he always does that. That's his thing. He, Bo- bold move the, the week of Stadia's death. <laughs> yeah, he, but, uh, it is okay. a little bold. Sure, why not? Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe this time it will work. I mean, his shelf is becoming like spoiler territory. Yeah. Everybody knows to now to look at his shelf to try to find something there that shouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah he's just, absolutely teasing. Just like Stellan Skarsgård's in, in Andor. Yeah, Keystone or whatever they end up calling it. He's absolutely teasing it. Uh <laughs> minority games which video game booty would you rather watch i enjoy bayonetta's it's just right well you said which one would you rather you have to provide an alternative to bayonetta's there mm. i think uh, he's just saying which one would you what's my favorite video game booty
1: i don't know i don't either
0: i mean i'll say this so a lot mario's of mario's the- <laughs> because it's gone now <laughs> well i'll say this map one thing i did notice when i was really you don't looking- know what you got till it's gone <laughs> When I was looking really closely at the graphics uh, for Overwatch 2, trying to be critical and look at them, you know, with a critical eye, I noticed we were ge- we were waiting for the door to open to start the match and there was two female characters in front of me and I w- looked at their butts and <laughs> I realized that that the gra- the graphics aren't very good because of their butts. <laughs> Seriously, I looked at their butts and like when they moved, like the animation was like two frames and like the butt was just kind of like almost tre- teleporting like in place mm. as the girl as the character model moved around and that's when i decided that the graphics were not that great mm. and i started paying more attention to them and started seeing more stuff like that so um i Pay would attention developers we we know the booty <laughs> porting <laughs> so, so i'd say it. the worst butts are in overwatch 2 the best though like i don't know lara croft i don't know hmm joanna dark It wasn't the polygons. uh, (laughs) She had a
1: very angular butt. I did see a Comic Con cosplay where this woman was dressed as Lara Croft, but she had like a chess piece on that made her, made had like triangle boobs, like the old polygon Uh, model. That was funny. (laughs) That's
0: funny. I don't know, man. I don't really look at girls' butts in video games. I don't, and I mean, honestly, most of the time when I have a choice to choose between a guy or a girl, I always play as the guy anyway. So.
1: I usually play as the girl just because I know they keep track of those things. So no, I, I want to boost. You don't
0: want it to go away. I want to boost the stats. I hear so you. Like- That's smart, actually. Because it really doesn't matter. Let's be honest. Uh, Raphael Michael, how are you doing, man? Uh, thoughts on Ubisoft haven't won Game of the Year since 2006. I didn't realize it had been that long, but it doesn't surprise me either. What game has it made that. Probably should have won game of the year. Another Assassin's Creed retread. Like it's Assassin's Creed. Unless they do something drastic to it, is not going to win uh-huh. game of the year. It's I mean, not. there's been some stuff they've made that
1: I thought was up there in terms of my preferred games of the year, but nothing. You know, there's always something more special.
0: Mm-hmm. The problem um, is, is that they Ubisoft makes too many sequels, so.
1: It's like, well, even then you can. I mean, there's there's a world in which Assassin's Creed Odyssey was my game of the year, but yeah. it just didn't quite come together.
0: Last of Us Part Two is a sequel, but those sequels come out every eight years instead of every year or every two years. That affects things too. It's like if you're going to pat an Assassin's Creed every year, your chances of winning Game of the Year with Assassin's Creed are very slim. Yeah, but I think they'd rather make money. Yeah because that's more important you don't make money off winning game of the year awards in fact yeah, there is that no, is a question coming is, up on pactor factor very soon there is no cash prize at the game awards nope but that's a question that someone asked pactor for this round of episodes like what is the monetary value of winning game of the year which is a really really good question so look forward to that coming up from pack very soon i mean my guess would be almost nothing but you have to wait and watch maddie um uh, do we have any well, more i refuse to
1: watch until midnight club comes out
0: <laughs> uh drifter J, shane jessica alba or natalie portman it's got to be natalie portman she was in star wars <laughs> seriously yeah <laughs> makes a difference for me like,
1: i think i would have more to talk about with natalie portman i would
0: absolutely a lot more to talk about if you're just asking like which do i find more attractive that's a tough one but i think i still have to go with natalie portman even though some of the later recent images of her where she had bulked up to play in the Thor movie. Oh, I thought she looks great in that. I don't. I do. She looks too masculine for me in those. But she's still beautiful. Like, and she'll always be beautiful. So, yeah, for me, it's Natalie Portman. What about you, if you had to pick? I don't know what i am pick. I hate these misogynistic way. questions. We yeah. usually don't get them. But for whatever reason, today, you guys are all horned up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um. Okay. That's it for Game Phase 318. Thanks to everybody who's been in our chat. Um, You should definitely show up. Well, in a couple weeks you should because we're going to be taking a little hiatus here while I go on vacation. Uh, But when we come back, you should show up for the live streams. Our chat is awesome. The people are in it are awesome. The conversations that go in our chat are great. We're here usually every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash Games. We are supported 100% by Patreon. So if you want to help us and you want to help fund our content, that would be great. You can head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. And you can pledge whatever you want. Pledge a dollar, $100, whatever. We appreciate every single dollar. So it doesn't make a difference. It would be awesome if you could at least consider it. And if you don't have any money, totally get it. You can help us for free with Twitch Prime. The instructions for doing that are down below if you're watching us on YouTube. You just basically need to link your Twitch account with your Amazon Prime account. And then just subscribe to our channel at twitch.tv slash Games. So, a reminder. Here's a Natalie Portman
1: question. Okay. So, the Star Wars movies exist in the Marvel Universe because Spider-Man oh, right. mentions them. Right. So, if Thor sat down to watch the Star Wars movies, what was his reaction
0: be when he saw Padme and Mace Windu? <laughs> That's a good question. They should have never said that. They should have never said that it's a part of the universe. That's really is, dumb. Is,
1: is Padme just played by like Kira Knightley? I don't know. In in that
0: universe, <laughs> it might. Have or does like
1: Jane just look a lot like Natalie? Right. Poe.
0: You look like um,
1: I don't know. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Good question. Uh, anyway, maybe they just did that so they never have to worry about crossing the two over. <laughs> maybe it could be. Because otherwise, you're in the multiverse, <laughs> and you're like, where is the Star Wars Marvel it's crossover? To like lap over on yeah. itself
0: at that point. Yep. So, as I said at the beginning of the show, we are going to be away for a couple Tuesdays in a row. I am taking my first real vacation in over a decade. And I know it sucks. I know that as a patron, you just count on that content continually flowing. But please give me a break, people. Can you please let me go on a little vacation and not drop your pledge? Please.
1: I don't think these are the people. I know. These
0: aren't the people I need to say it to. But I just, I got to go. I can't keep going on like this. I have to be a normal human every once in a while and do things that normal humans do. Like it's, I'm on this Patreon treadmill I've been on for like six years now and it grinds you to a pulp. I don't know how to put it into words any better. It just does. So I got to do this and I hope you guys understand. I really do. Um, But there's certain times in life where you just got to do what you got to do. And this is one of them. And I'm going on a vacation. So I will be in Greece for the next couple weeks uh, I don't know any of you guys personally who live in Greece, but I will be in Athens, Mykonos, Santorini, and Crete. So if any of you live at any of those locations and you would like to meet up with me for a beer or whatever, just let me know. Hit, it, hit me up on DMs on Twitter or on Sifted or wherever, and maybe we can meet and have a beer in, for me, a far-flung place, which would be awesome. Um, again... Make sure you follow Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games because that's when you're going to know when the next game phase is going to happen. Again, I get back on like the 27th. We're going to try to have a show in the next couple of days after that. A lot of it will depend on how much I get to play the two following days once I get back. But again, just follow us on Twitter and we'll keep you guys in the loop on all of that stuff. So thanks again to everyone in our chat. You guys make the show awesome and it makes at least my time with matt here so much better interacting with you guys the whole time having the live fact checks all that stuff is amazing your support with your bits with your twitch prime all that stuff i can't tell you how much i appreciate it you guys are awesome so it's gonna be a bit until you see us again it'll be a couple weeks but i really appreciate you guys giving me this time to be a normal person for a little while i think it'll pay big dividends and we'll be back in plenty of time to kick the living crap out of all the big games of Q4. So I love you guys. You guys have a great week and a half while we're gone. Game Face is up and out.